Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. What the hell are we doing? So wouldn't it be hot if there was a uh, comic book like ass rump sex toy that every time you pounded it it said excuse me? Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You're fucking This is 138 episode episode 138 of the Tri Games Internet podcast. I already messed up, and this is like five seconds in. Uh, it is Saturday, June 27th. Uh, uh, after the sad death of of one Michael Jackson, uh, we salute him with one white glove covered with rhinestones. Um, and I watched a couple of videos of people doing moonwalks on YouTube, so that was fun. Um, Al could not be here today. Al is working on an auto emergency. That came up at the last second. Literally, we were about to record, and then he says, oh shit, give me a second. And then comes back after a few seconds and says, oh shit, I have to go. And so he My goes. My car fucking exploded! It could have been that, but it wasn't. Which is a good thing for him, but not a good thing for people who want to be entertained by explosions. But we do have Pete. Yes, that's me. Hi. We do not have Slunks, because he is still watching year one and boning. Uh, but you do have your host, that's me, Mr. Chupon, uh, and, and since it's just two of us, Pete is also a host, so we're co-hosts, and that's how we roll. Uh... Careful, you know what happens when I, when hosting power goes to my head. Uh-oh. Don't worry, we have a disconnect button here, um, for safety measures in case you decide to go power with MAD. But, uh, I'm sure I won't have to use that, uh, because then that would kick me off the call as well. So, <laughs> it would be kind of useless. Um... We've got a we, we we've got a a huge mailbag from Kelly May and another ranty one from Astro seventy three a bunch of news to go through, usual shit. Uh, but first, uh, since I didn't upload a trilobite and you haven't uploaded a trilobite and I probably won't because the one that I recorded was also when I was drunk uh, again for the second time and I probably shouldn't upload it. Uh, what have you been playing? Um, the reason I didn't upload a trilobite is because I haven't been playing nothing. Oh. I've been playing try to find a job. Oh. Um, yeah, I kind of, uh, I played, after we recorded last weekend, I played some of the, some Magic Online, uh, Saturday and Sunday, um, and like I said, the thing about that is you have to, like, pop, buy digital cards and stuff, so right. I, I had to pay some money to play, uh, some of that, and then, um, like, yeah, my girlfriend got a little mad that I was paying money when I didn't have a job, <laughs> so I was like, okay, baby, I promise I'll do good looking for a job this I'll week. I'll save money for Junior's college fund. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I didn't really play much. I uh, basically was putting in, like, at least six hours a day just trying to find a job. Right. Um, And then sleeping, you know, the other, like, 14. Um, But did I play anything at all? I think I played something on my 360. You know what? Talk about your Rock Band party. I'll check my 360 real quick and see if I played anything on that. Because I think I tried a demo of something or I played some... Oh! No, I know what it was. <laughs> but uh, you can talk about your Rock Band party real quick. Oh, yes. Uh, Went from 7 to 3.30 in the morning. And there was also Drunken Catchphrase and Drunken Twister, which was good. Um, I think one of the funnier parts of the early part of the night was when one of my friends kept on getting these really weird ass and shitty phrases to try to make people guess and we were doing it the drunken version so instead of did, did you ever play catchphrase uh no 
I I know what it is though. Okay, for anyone out there who doesn't know what catchphrase is, it's this little little disc man looking thing which is basically a bomb. And uh you form teams uh of even uh, obviously even teams and then you sit in a circle um every other person's a team. So you get the bomb and there's a word there's a phrase on it and you have to try to get other people to say that phrase, which is kind of like taboo. Um and uh the people on your team have to guess that word before the bomb blows up. If they guess the word, you hit the big next button and you pass it along to the person next to you because if you did it right, the person next to you is on the opposite team. And that person tries to do the same thing and you keep on going until the bomb explodes. And whoever's ho- who, whichever team is holding the bomb when it explodes, um, uh, you die. I mean, you lose, uh, you lose that round and the other team gets a, gets a point. But my friend was like, fuck all that noise. We should just do the honor system and have the person who's holding the bomb try to have everyone else guess the word. And if that person fails, he has to take a shot. Not only a shot, but a double shot. And so, basically, we could have all screwed with the person with the bomb and been like, a uh, jackal, a uh, pencil, a uh, paper, and like not try to guess. And then they would have to drink, but that would be not cool because, you know, other people want to drink. So, this one friend of mine got a good ship lollipop. Which Al somehow guessed. Do you know what Good Ship Lollipop is? Yeah. I don't know what that is. On the Good Ship Lollipop. Something, something, something. Oh, something. that. Okay, that's what it is. But, um, like, getting people to guess that was kind of like, what? And Al somehow just got it at the last second before the bomb exploded. Um, and then he got Shaker Chair. No, Tony got Shaker Chair. Tony showed up. Tony's alive, everybody. Um, Tony got Shaker yeah. Chair. What the hell is I a Shaker your- Chair? I saw the pics of your party, and I was like, holy shit, it's Tony! Yeah, <laughs> he's alive. Um, there was Shaker Chair. There was Droopy Drawers. There was uh, Marble Quarry, which, you know, is not an uncommon phrase, but it's kind of hard to get people to guess. And then Funny Face, which he somehow couldn't get people to guess. <laughs> and so funny that, face. Uh, that, that guy ended up taking, like, five doubles, and then he passed out on the bed in the guest room. Yeah, you saw those pictures on Facebook, and he immediately untagged all of them. Aww. He untagged every single one of them, even the ones in which he wasn't doing anything embarrassing. So, yeah. Um, he's not a teacher or anything, is he? No, he's just ashamed of himself. Oh, uh, um, I have, uh, like, a lot of my friends are teachers, so, like, uh, whenever you tag them... And they untag. Stuff, yeah. They're like, fuck that, no! Um, there was also Twister played, uh, people bumped asses, um... There was an epic battle between Al and his fiance that lasted like about ten minutes before Al finally s- just slipped a little bit and his ass touched the floor. Um, there was lots of straddling. Um, I don't think those made it into my pictures. Those made it into another camera, though. Um, there was lots of singing of um, Weezer and uh, Just What I Need Needed by the Cars because those songs annoy Tony because they're radio friendly. And so our goal is always to annoy Tony. Oh, I hate this song. And he hates Jeremy from Pearl Jam, and so one of my friends sang Jeremy for him. Um, And it was good. Yes, it was good and it was tiresome. Uh, And the cleanup the next day was pretty bad. But that's all right, because Tony stayed over and so did a couple of other friends. And we played Street Fighter 4, which is actually awesome. Um, Actually, you know what? I talked about that on my trial bike. Maybe I should upload it. So how are those achievements in in job search? Um, Well... Uh, it, 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 it's, it's going, <laughs> not much more I can say other than that, uh, I, yeah, I don't know, I'm putting out applications and resumes and waiting to get a call from somebody, but, uh, the game I was going to talk about that I remember playing was, um, 
Uh, well, it's not like I'm going to talk about it, but it's blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you. I'm just a little concerned because I just turned on my air conditioner. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. I cannot. Okay, I can it's hear mad my hot, air conditioner. So. Um. Anyway, so uh, I, I played some Castlevania Symphony, Symphony oh, of the Night. Oh, nice! Very nice. Because uh, I was like, I don't know what. Since they show, I I bought that on the uh, Xbox Live Arcade when that first came out, uh-huh. and I played a little bit of it, but I had never played it before that. Okay, and I mean I know what Castlevania games are and stuff. And I played Metroid games and stuff. Obviously, Super Metroid was one of my favorite games, so I'm familiar with the Metroidvania style of game. Um, but yeah, that one is uh, pretty hard. Um, so uh, when it first came out, I played a little bit of it, got through the first boss, which I remember being some sort of like, if I remember correctly, it's some sort of like. Uh, is it a pterodactyl type thing or something? Or maybe it's, yeah, no, and he has like a trident. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got through him, um, and then uh, I made it somewhere else in the game and was getting my ass kicked. And I was just like, "Yeah, it's a little bit too hard." And then I moved on and never went back to it. But uh, after you know they showed um, Shadow Complex at E3 and stuff, I was like, I'm kind of psyched for that, so I wanted to get back into that style of game. So I was like, yeah, I'll go back and play some Symphony of the Night. Right. So I played a little right. bit of that and. Uh, Hopefully, I'll I'll stick with it this time and play through it because it is a good game, and I would like to play through it. It is just really hard. Interesting. I um, I'm trying to remember my experience with Symphony. Um, I I felt like, oh, okay, no, like there were parts of it that were really easy because I'm I'm used to it. Um, I'm used to the older Castlevania games, like on the NES before they before they did the Metroid thing. And if you ever played the original NES Metroid, that fucking game is fucking hard as hell. And then um, Castlevania 3 was pretty difficult. And then Castlevania 4 for the Super Nintendo is also, like, like punched the screen hard in some respects. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those things, like, like when, you, when you play it enough times, because this is, remember, this is back in, like, late 80s, early 90s, um... What's it called? Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of uh, another game. Ninja Gaiden on the NES. Yes. Balls out hard, but once you kind of learn the layout, you can kind of just breeze through stages. Like, if you have the exact right timing, you could almost breeze through stages without ever stopping. So it, it's yeah. kind of built like that. And so this is a similar type of thing. Those, those older games are a similar type of thing where if you were familiar enough with that stuff, like took your lumps, took your beatings, paid your dues, and, like, you know, fell down that bottomless pit for the 23rd time because you forgot it was there, and then finally you're just like, you know what, I got this level, and you go through it, and you breeze through it, then you kind of got it. But learning the level is so fucking hard, and then so when I was playing, you know, Symphony of the Night, I was just like, ah, this is relaxing. It's kind of <laughs> easy. Then I got to the second half of the game, and I was just like, wow, I'm going to stop playing now because I am getting my ass handed to me. Um, but, um... Let's see. Uh, it, uh, I think some of the bosses in there actually are, are, are kind of... Because cause something I noticed is that half the bosses are like not... Uh, some of the bosses are pattern-based, but some of them are just like, all right, run up to them and just wail away and then run away. Okay, run up to them and wail away and then run away. So it, sometimes they're like, you know you know what I mean? They're, they're not entirely smart. Yeah. They just throw a whole bunch of shit at you. So, but um, yes, I, I, li- I, li- I, I, li- I like that game. I like it. It's good. Um, that's it. That's all you're playing. Yeah, I mean, like, there's like, really that was it. it. Was magic in that? And um, I 
I played in a tournament. I, I know you don't really care about magic stuff, so I won't go too too much into it. But I played into in a tournament on uh, last Sunday on Magic Online, and I placed in the top eight. So I got an invite to play for free in a tournament this weekend. So that that was pretty exciting for me. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I I'm a magician. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was proud of that because I hadn't played Magic in like like many many moons. Um. Moon. Yeah, so uh like I was like, hey, I'm still decent enough at the game. Um or everyone else online is just really, really bad. <laughs> but we can move on. Terrible. Uh I've actually been playing more stuff. Uh yesterday I came home with uh the conduit and Tiger Woods uh Wii Motion Plus. Uh and I'm gonna guess your feelings on both. I'm gonna guess your feelings on Conduit are eh, it's a Wii shooter and we and Tiger Woods is Pretty good, but harder with the Wii Motion Plus. Uh, did you read my blog? Is that why you know, or is that no? no is that's that, just what no, I didn't saying. read your blog. Is that really your thoughts? C- sort of, kinda. Well, no. Okay, so so first of all, I'm not a golfer at all. Right. So I, you know, I'm a Mario Golf type of person, and I just kind of was excited about uh, Tiger Woods Wii just because of the Motion Plus, and so. Um, I'll say this right out of the gate: I spent more time playing Tiger Woods not only because I'm not a golfer and I had to learn it, but also because I wanted to play it more. Um, which is surprising because I'm, you know, I like first-person shooters, and you'd think that I'd rather play the conduit, but it ended up that I, you know, would rather play disc golf. Yeah. Um, in this case, but yeah, I mean, it works. Uh, it's very sensitive. Um, we do have a mailbag on that later, uh, and I'll talk about that more. But Tiger Woods, uh, if I don't know anything about golf, so I don't know how to evaluate it as like a Tiger Woods game. Like, does it improve on last year? Does it blah 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 blah? But you know. From a newbie's perspective, um, it's it's a lot of fun and it is very difficult. I went onto YouTube just so I could like look up how to make the perfect golf swing, <laughs> and so I'm sitting there practicing it like with with a broomstick. Um, <laughs> and then when I finally played it, it doesn't really matter as long as you know you kind of get your angles right because I mean obviously you don't have to get your feet set and all that shit, but I did it anyways because it was you know it, it, it's novel. Um, there's not much to say about that though. It's pretty much, you know, it's like it's like talking about Madden, right? So yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, take it from someone who does not does not know does not know anything about golf, um, other than the names Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, and Greg Norman because he has a shark on his face. Uh, it it works. It works. Um, spend the extra ten bucks on the Wii Motion Plus version and don't get them separately. Because like I think separately the Wii Motion Plus is like twenty bucks, so so you're paying seventy instead of like sixty. You know what I mean? It's it's worth the you know extra ten bucks to get the the, yeah. the packing. Now um, the important question is: Did you play frisbee golf well, or quote unquote? I'm sorry, disc yes, golf. Yes, actually I did play disc golf, um, and that's actually a lot of fun if you really just don't want to have anything to do with golf, but you you still want to kind of use a Wii Motion Plus and you kind of like the idea of 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 you know playing on a green. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a little bit hard to get to get the hang of first because at first because I, I, I kind of like golf. I don't throw frisbee a lot if at all. Like having a picnic, there's a frisbee, I'll throw it, but like I don't yeah. play ultimate frisbee or anything. But that, throwing a frisbee is definitely infinitely more e- infinitely easier than hitting a golf ball. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and it's it's a lot of fun in this game. Um, I haven't tried it without the Wii Motion Plus. And in fact, yeah. I'm not even sure if disc golf would work properly, or or maybe it would be dumbed down because there is an all play mode. 
So you probably just flick it. I would I would guess. I don't know. Um, flick it and stick it. You flick it and stick it. That's right in the basket. Um, but um, I then no. Actually, I'm sorry. I played Tiger Woods after I played the Conduit. Um, Conduit. Now I, I did blog about this. I blogged like high points, low points. But you know, everyone who's saying eh, it's a Wii shooter. Well. I, I, I want those people to qualify what that means because there are Wii shooters that work. So, like, I'll say it right now. I've been saying it since I bought the game. Well, not recently, but Medal of Honor Heroes 2 is really good. Um, like, it's fast-paced. Uh, the controls work. They're responsive because it's 60 frames a second. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a World War II game, but it's a good one. So I want to I wanna qualify it real quick, but I got a question for you. That, sure. With, before I, well, as part of my qualifier... Does you because you just said Medal of Honor is a, a good Wii shooter? Um, does it have the thing that Conduit has where it like moves the reticle around the screen based on where the Wii remote is, or is the reticle stationary in the center of the screen? Um, it depends on your bounding box. Uh, I mean, I just saw a video of the Conduit and like. I saw like the uh, giant bomb quick look, and I saw the you know the yeah. reticle moves around based on where your Wii Wii uh, remote is. And like so, that's what to me makes it makes something a Wii shooter as opposed to just a shooter. Okay. Um, well, I thought you meant like people were. I, I thought you meant like because there is there is kind of like the, the the thought out there that it, okay, it's a Wii shooter and so it's it's decent for a Wii game, but it's it, it who cares about it otherwise, right? That's what I thought you meant. But oh no, I I meant because of the the like like yeah that whole the way moving, that it moves yeah yeah like which. Just for reference, I think is stupid. <laughs> really? I, I, yeah, I think... I I cannot play a shooter like that. Like I need my reticle to be center and everything to move based around that center point. Right. I don't know. I mean, the way the way that the Wii remote works in conjunction with the system and and shooters, like yeah, me, I understand for, why they like, do it. It just for me, like stupid. I don't think any other way is acceptable. Like Red Steel was terrible. Like you having to jam your cursor on the other, all the way on the side of the screen, and then the other way having it locked to the center. Well, then there's no real dead zone for you to determine when the when the thing stops moving, and so that's also unacceptable. So the only way I will accept any Wii shooter is if they have that little bounding box that lets you that that lets you kind of have a little bit leeway with the center. Well, and maybe it's because you know I got used to it really fast, and I'm not terrible with it. Like like the first time I played it. The first time I played Call of Duty 3 on the Wii, like, I was terrible at it. But, like, after five minutes, I'm like, oh, this actually works. Um, Metroid Prime, I think, works a similar way. But they, I mean, they, Medal of Honor Heroes, it, it gives you a bounding box control. So you could set it to as small as you want. So at that point, you can set it to be so small that more or less your reticle is kind of stuck in the middle. It'll move around a little bit. But it's mostly kind of just kind of stuck there. So when you like try playing, um, rent, I would say Netflix Call of Duty, uh, Netflix, <laughs> GameFly Call of Duty Three for Wii, and use the mode that because they they actually do have a mode specifically for locking the crosshairs in the middle of the screen. Try uh-huh. that, and you'll probably be like, "Why do I want to play a shooter on the Wii?" Because if you can't play it with the thing moving around a little, then you don't want to play it at all. But trust me. You don't want See, to play it at all. In my head, a good, good control scheme would be to have uh, forward, like have uh, like forward backward movement on the um, 
nunchuck. on the analog nub yep. with the uh, like with left and right on the analog nub not being strafe but being turn. So it'd be like more like tank controls on the analog nub. Oh, but then, but they have then, they have that in the conduit, by the way. Oh, no, oh well, yeah, because I know there's like a bajillion different options in the conduit. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I would have strafe be. Uh, I don't know if the like does a uh, wrist rotation. Is recognized on the Wii, right? I forget. I haven't played it in so long. Like it, it that, would be with Motion Plus. Oh, okay, only with Motion Plus. Well, and then it, and it can. Well, it can be as uh, they they did it with Red Steel, but the problem was that they it relied on the uh, on the infrared sensor, and right? So like it would also it, it was kind of janky. Because it would have so. to be like either completely vertical or completely horizontal, probably well, to recognize. No, not actually, not even that was surprisingly it was surprisingly accurate with, um. With in conjunction with your movement, it's just it just feels janky because it's like your hand has to kind of, you know, be level with the with the sensor bar, and so it kind of affects your camera movement. Whereas, yeah, like, it's weird. It's weird to explain. I can't really say it in words because like I, I talk about it, and people are like, "There's nothing wrong with that. It sounds fine." So well, yeah. Well, then with the Wii Motion Plus, I would have uh, wrist rotation be for strafe. strafing left and right because uh, watching again the giant bomb video, I know they didn't do much with the options in there, but having it um having strafe be on the uh, analog nub, like, and then having to, like, push the, use the, uh, you know, the, the reticle where it moves around the screen, having to push it to the sides of the screen to turn made the turning seem so damn slow yeah. and cumbersome. Like, I don't know, that's what, like, put me off. If I were to, like, well, I if would, I were to try yeah. to play the game, I don't think I would enjoy that. See, that's what I want to address. I think, like, honestly, a lot of their quick looks are, are, are fun to watch and they give you a good sense, but... And, and and like somebody on the comments was just like Jeff's hatred for the Wii is showing through. I don't think that's the case, but you can't do a quick look on a game like that if you're not going to give it the 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 due diligence that it you know that it needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the the options are there for a reason. And actually, there's one point I made in my blog post that like I like the I really like the fact that they have so many options because I think I don't think that there's a perfect control setting for any. For for like when I say a perfect control setting, I mean a universally perfect control setting for a first-person shooter on any platform, PC, analog sticks, Wii Remote. There is no perfect one. People have different sensitivities that they like. They have different horizontal and vertical looks. Sometimes they you know they do different things with their with their keyboard. I don't know, but there is no perfect match. And so you kind of do it where you're comfortable. People who actually didn't hate Red Steel and God bless you all for the amount of patience that you have. Maybe they say, I do want to jam my reticle all the way to the end of the screen. I do like having my reticle move around as if it were a light gun game. Some people like that. Or other people like you and like me are like, well, no, we play FPS on keyboard or mouse and nothing does it better. So the best way to, to, to replicate that is to make a bounding box on the screen that's small enough that I don't have to jam my reticle all the way on the side of the screen. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I, I love the fact that they let you do it because it's like there's no perfect thing. And the right way to do it is to let you do it yourself. This is not Wii Tennis, where everything should work like that. This is a first-person shooter. It's a complex-feeling game you're, that, that might cause you motion sickness. You want to get it right. You want to customize it to yourself. So like, I, I kind of liken it to Street Fighter, where you can set your own buttons. But, yeah. um, but so the, the quick look, like, they just kind of went into it, and they're just like, all right, well, you know, I like, like, this is the vibe that I got from them. All right, I play Halo. I like Halo. I like shooters, and I like shooting things. Let me just shoot things. Oh, this is weird. I never really did this much before. Uh, uh, I don't want to spend. The, uh, why do I want to take the time to set these settings? Uh, this is janky. Uh, uh, oh look, I can be snarky about the fact that it's another alien game. Oh, uh, la la la. Okay, no, no thanks. Bye. That's the vibe I got from it. And 
You know what I mean? That 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 kind of doesn't really. They can do what they want. Yeah, I mean that is the giant Bob mentality. Is like if they're not interested in it, they're just gonna be like, eh, whatever, because that's the whole point of their site is they only like you know play. They only do stuff that they're interested in. They're not you know right. trying to review like they're not trying to uh, do everything that'll appeal to everybody. There's like we don't like this right. game. They, and they we're focus gonna tell on you we don't like it. They focus on what's important. But yeah. my issue with it is that Jeff sat there and played UFC and went through all the tutorials, right? And 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 learned it and did, like went at it hardcore, and then he did a quick look. Right, conduit. He just threw it in and was just like, "All right, this is shit. You know, you guys are dumb for for wanting this. Bye." You know, again, that's his prerogative, and like more con- conscientious people who are on who are watching the site should take that with a grain of salt. I think right. The, but you know, at the end of the day, I think the quick look for the conduit was shit because that doesn't really represent the game. On the other hand, um. You look at the the review for it on IGN, and it's kind of like gushing, and it's like, I, I feel like anytime something that they that they're very close with the developers on, and then they kind of hype it up, and then they finally review it, it it's some kind of like, oh, they've been working so hard on it, and they give you so much options, and yes, it's generic, and yes, it's short, and yes, it has cliches, but it's still fantastic. It's great, eight point six, and I'm like, really, guys? <laughs> so. I mean, with, with, with the conduit, like again, I like the options. Um, the graphics are good for some of the enemy models. Like the enemy models look really good, and I'm I'm going to qualify this with for a Wii game. But I really do agree with the kind of um, IGN sentiment that if you kind of walked by the TV and weren't really paying attention, you just kind of glanced over and you saw an alien, you'd be like, "What is that, Halo?" Because the models do have that kind of um, that level of detail and mapping. Yeah. So it, so it, it's it's actually rather impressive, and and the the reason why I I like the existence of this game is that it shows me that developers aren't just being like, oh, we uh, let's just stick a PS2 game on there and call it a day. They're actually treating it with respect. The other thing is that like, uh, some of the environments are kind of stale, and I think I don't know if it was you or Slunks who asked me about like what I thought of it a couple of episodes ago. But I still think that the environments are still like the enemies are great, and then they kind of just stand out from the background, which is you know flat and like uh, there there are some tilings that look actually really detailed. It's 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 inconsistent, and that's kind of a shame. Um, but they do have good lighting effects. They have like a good blur effect when you when you when you um reload. They have that little like depth of field thing. Um, they, they basically work their magic on the system, and you know it's pretty good. But they could have done better. Um, and that shit that they're coming up with, like that Left for Dead wannabe, and then that Gladiator game, really look fantastic. Like in comparison to this. Uh, but as far as like the design goes, it's kind of like that. I don't know. It's kind of like late '90s, early 20th, 21st century type of deal, where it's just like, all right, here's a room. Here a bunch of enemies. Clear out the room. Go to the next room. Here a bunch of enemies. Clear out the room. Go to the next room. Oh, now here's a hallway. Now you can play whack-a-mole with all the soldiers that are popping out of the doors. Keep going down the hallway. They're gonna keep coming. You know what I mean? It's very. I, it's very I old. I didn't play it, and um, I know it's not similar mechanics, but, the like, again, just watching the video, not taking into account how Giant Bomb guys felt about it, but just uh-huh. watching the video, it reminded me kind of, like, of, like, how Ghost Squad was, like, just in terms of, like... Kind of. Like, I mean, visual and, like, the way, like, things are presented to you and enemies and stuff like that. Like, if that makes sense. Like, they kind of, like, even though it's a... Because Ghost Squad was more of a light gun on rails type of game, and right. this is a you know like a standard shooter. Right. But like the guys kind of just like 
take a position and then stand there in the middle of a room and shoot at you. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. That's I'm glad you brought that up. But keep going. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, go ahead. You, you roll. I, I roll was going to <laughs> yeah, I, I say I'm glad you brought that up because that's another thing is that the AI is kind of dumb. Yeah. Like Medal of Honor Heroes Two, it's not in, they're not entirely smart, but like they they make good use of cover, and they try to like flank. Well, I don't know if they really try to flank you, but like it's they don't just stand out in the middle of nowhere unless you catch them off guard. These guys will like come out into the some of these guys will come out into the open and start firing at you, and I'm just like, dude, I'm gonna catch you. What are you doing? Um, and then other guys just kind of like peek out from behind cover and don't do anything. And, like, their heads are right there exposed. It's not like in Gears of War where, like, their backs are turned to you and they think they're covered, but they're not. Like, these guys are staring right at you. And they're like, uh, can you shoot me in the head, please? Oh, worst part, um, there was a soldier walking away from me. He was, like, patrolling. He didn't know I was there. I took a shotgun, and I blasted him one in the side, and he took the hit, and he kind of staggered. And then he kept on walking in that direction as if I were shooting at him from that direction. He like you know what I mean. He like he he raised his gun and started going in that direction. I'm like no 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 no. I'm over here. <laughs> and I'm like if he were running away in that direction, I'd understand. But he wasn't. He was just like huh. <laughs> Somebody shot me. I'm like what are you doing? So it's yeah. it's 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 I kind of I kind of liken it to like to to this. It's taking the Half Life Two model of linear heart like get your heart pumping, um like very straight eight point A to point B firefight style. Um, but it's not doing it the way that Half-Life does it. Like I said, it's basically like old shooters that kind of like just throw you into a pit and like have things come at you. Yeah. So in that respect, it's both fun and antiquated at the same time. Like if you're just like, you know what, dude, Serious Sam was my favorite game. I don't like all this Halo shit. I don't like, you know, I don't like Half-Life 2's physics puzzles. I don't like, you know, open world Red Faction Guerrilla shit. I just want to shoot stuff in the face. And I don't care if they're smart. I just like Serious Sam. Then, hey, this game is actually... This is fine, then. Like, I, I, this, there's something to be said about old school, kind of like just like shoot people in the face thing. But I also think that for all the kind of effort that they put into it and into making it this kind of like cinematic experience the way that they do, it's kind of a letdown. And it kind of doesn't sync up with like the effort that they put into everything else. And Oh, by the way, totally generic alien story. Totally generic yeah. dialogue. Like, I don't care about that type of stuff, but if somebody does, that's your warning right there. Like, you just, any, like, Giant Bomb got that part right. Like, they're going like, oh, look, it's aliens, and they have organic weapons, and you don't. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Um... But I don't know. I'm I don't want to say don't don't play it because like it works and it's competent and it's fun. But like and and you know I kind of want to support Sega and and I will kind of want to show that these show support for guys that actually work the system well. But Metal of Honor Heroes two and Metroid Prime three are just better games, and there's kind of very little reason to go for this unless you want to see prettier graphics, which for some people is a decent reason. Um. I'll qualify this, though. I've only been playing it for an hour, so I don't know what the cooler weapons are. There are some cool weapons in this game so far. And, and like, I mean, they're, they're not, like, spectacular so far, but they're still kind of cool. So that, that may be a saving grace. One more thing, I heard the multiplayer is really good, so there's that. Um, and with that said, Tiger Woods is better. But uh, that's all I've been playing. What have you been playing? Oh, yeah. Job. Search. Yes. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
we're at the mail bag, and we have a very timely email about Wii Motion Plus because Pete was asked. Pete was asking me about the Wii Motion Plus. This is from AskPro73, as he is known on OneUp.com and Gamespot and Giant Bomb. Uh, also, the winner of um, you sure it's not Ace Pro? <laughs> it may be Ace Pro or a- or as Pro, but I like Ask Pro. Um, <laughs> It's it's actually like if you look at his icon, it's actually a pill box, like 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 a um, like a pharmaceutical. I don't know if it's a drug or if it's like a suppository or some shit, but it says Aspro on it. So I'm like, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> uh, he's also the winner of our energy drink, I think, or was that? I don't know. He won something from us. Um, Shane asks, now that Nintendo has provided a controller that can be done away, says we'll provide quote actual precision end quote. I'm kind of surprised that more people are not feeling a little bit more ripped off by it. Nintendo already makes you buy a nunchuck separate for the Wiimote, and now they're telling me that the reason why my waggle stick doesn't respond so great is because it doesn't have the same. It doesn't have some tech that they failed to include at launch. But I now can buy and strap on like a 32x. To me, this is as bad as Sony not including Rumble at launch and Microsoft averaging three Xboxes per customer because they don't know how to cool a processor. Hardware-wise, the seventh generation has sucked like no other generation. End rant. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say this has sucked like no other generation. I would say that there's definitely been some uh, bad decision making. Um, as far as the Wii Motion Plus thing goes, I mean, I do I don't think Nintendo screwed people by like not including it at the beginning and like you know it's not like I'm sure the the technology just wasn't ready then. Um, you know I know that that's what they wanted to have like have done for it but they probably just didn't have a ready and they wanted to get their console out there because obviously if they had waited for the technology to be ready and it was just ready now you know everyone bitched and complained about how bad the graphics were for the wii when it first came out you know oh it's two duck two GameCubes duck together um like it's now uh what three years later like imagine how people would be reacting if that ju- if this just came out today because right. if they had waited for the technology so i think it was just a matter of they had to get their system out there um and it's just that the technology was finally ready for them i mean it sucks that you have to you know pay extra for it and stuff but you're not forced to like the games that are coming out for it have the option of still playing with a regular wiimote um and as been as has been said you know like if you want just an easy gaming experience and just want to play for fun, you might be better off not using the Wii Motion Plus because the Wii Motion Plus can make things more difficult. Right. Um, so it's like, I don't know, like, in this particular instance, I'm I'm not going to be all like, damn you, Nintendo! Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean... I'm mad it, as hell! <laughs> it does suck, but I, it's like, it's understandable, is my opinion. Um, I... I completely disagree with it being as bad as Sony not including Rumble at launch because... Yes, uh, that I agree yeah, with that too. Because Sony not including Rumble was basically Sony taking away that was that was something that was already there. Yeah. And um, them saying, oh, we just don't have the room because of the six-axis yeah. mechanics. Oh, wait, we figured yeah. out how to fit room. But you, you know what I like about that? that Phil Harrison, like when he was talking to 1UP when the 1UP show still existed, he came out and said, guys, we're in a lawsuit. What did you want us to do? Yeah. You know? So like, while it still sucks, like I just like the fact that he manned up and was just like, "Dude, I don't know what to tell you. We had to say we had to bullshit you guys. Like, what are we gonna say? Like, right? You know what I mean? So although that's shady, like it, it's him manning up, and I kind of like that. But anyway, um, and it's definitely not as bad as Microsoft X uh, having three Xboxes per customer. I mean, the thing isn't failing. It's not overheating and making you. You know what I mean? That's that's completely right. different. Um, 
I do liken it to the 32X and the and the Nintendo memory expansion pack and all that crap, though. And, yeah. And the, the risk here is that it doesn't get supported as a standard, and then people who bought it have, like, one or two games to use with it, and that's it. Which is why the fact that Grand Slam Tennis and Wiimotion and, uh, Plus, I'm seeing it. Tiger Woods. <laughs> Tiger Woods, yeah. And the upcoming Wii Sports Resort all use it. So it's like, all right, well, at least out of the gate, there are three games. And then you've got Red Steel that requires it. So Red Steel sold a million copies or, or, or whatever during the launch period. And that's like, you know, that kind of gives me hope that it'll become a standard. But I'm still, I was part of the crowd that was like, this should have been what it, it, it this is what it should have been in the first place. But the two things from that, on the one hand, I wanted it to be that from the, in the first place. And I was upset that it wasn't. Um, I would have been willing to pay for the technology because... Iwata basically said the tech was there, it just wasn't affordable. Um, I would have paid for it. On the other hand, you know, Nintendo is basically was basically getting screwed in the console market. Like they had to do something to get back into the game. And yeah. so what their thing was, what they were going to do is saying, "Hey, look, we're 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 going to go for soccer moms. We're going to go for the affordable route. We're going to go for this whole different angle of things, and we got to put a system out that's going to be somewhat affordable because I I still think two fifty was a high like was a high price to pay. But again, like I said, I would have paid if Wii Motion Plus did what it does now. Um, we're going to put it at a, at a price point lower than our competitors. Uh, we're going to get it out fast. It's going to be a small box, okay? Um, and we're just going to put we're going to do what we can to get it out. Uh, should we include this this you know this newfangled super super motion sensitive technology? Uh, no, because it'll make our Wii remotes cost eighty dollars instead of forty, which is also a lot of money. <laughs> uh, it's going to cost eighty dollars, and the soccer moms won't buy that, and then we'll fail again. So we're going to make a business decision and put it out as is. And guess what? They are selling like hotcakes. So from a business standpoint, they had to do what they had to do. Um, and you know, if you hate capitalism, maybe that's another reason for you to think that Wii Motion Plus is a is bullshit. But there you go, that's why they did it. You know, so I mean, I can't fault them for it, but I also, you know, I understand uh, as as pro, I understand his frustration because I share it. Yeah, I will um, say that like when the Wii was first, you know, coming out and stuff, and they were hyping it up, they definitely uh, Nintendo was at fault for making everyone think oh, yeah. that it was going to do all this stuff cuz i Absolutely. mean they, you know like the 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 obviously the easiest uh example would be the original red steel trailer <laughs> early and then you know they're doing it again now with the Wii Motion Plus and i mean it's still not like that but they do oversell their technology when they know that it can't do that stuff right right well with the Wii Motion Plus it could it, like the problem with the Red Steel trailers, I think, not, wasn't the jumping behind the couch shit, because no one in their right mind would actually want to do that while they're trying to focus on a game. Yeah. But more the whole, like, oh, look at my samurai sword. It, it follows my movements. No, it doesn't. It does not follow your movements. It's just a left-right. That's a bit. That's about it. But with Wii Motion Plus, you can actually, like, y- y- there's the ability. Because, like, when you see the Frisbee, like, following all your motions in your hand, then you're kind of like, okay, this works. Yeah, like it play disc golf, and it, like it kind of becomes clear that it does work. So they could ostensibly do that with the source. Do they want to? Will it make for a good design design decision? Like, will it be wonky in the game? Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But um, I'm by the way, I'm hoping that Red Steel Two is much better than the first one. Like I saw the way it looks. I love the new style, and I also love the way the fact that you don't have to wait for like a preset sword fighting scene to pull out your sword. Like apparently, you can pull it out whenever you want. 
and I like right. it. So that was my big one of my bigger problems <laughs> with the first one. It was just like it's like, hey, now I'm going to sword fight, but I have a gun. Why don't I just use that? And now it's just kind of like I can I can peck away at you from far with my gun, and as I close in, I can take out my sword and start slicing you up, kind of like too human, which I you know got rid of <laughs> because I don't want to play that game anymore. <laughs> um, and FYI, ever since I was a little kid, I have wanted to like jump behind a couch while playing a game. Oh, isn't that sweet? Okay, mailbag from Kelly May. <laughs> Hi, Austin and the boys. It's me, T-Pain. <laughs> um, my question for this week has to do with UMDs. My feeling is that Sony is trying not so covertly to phase out UMDs in an effort to eventually go completely digital download. The reason for this, of course, would be dollars. We all know that Sony is leading the charge against the resale of games. By phasing out the UMD, they can test the water and see if digital downloads are going to be something that's doable. Do you think that they are going to lose a lot of PSP sales if they phase out the UMD? I ask this because I know they will lose my business. I think that maybe a lot of people may not be looking at the big picture, will shrug their shoulders, and just go with it. But what's your take? Do you think it was an error to start the phase-out by not releasing Patapon 2 on UMD? Patapon 2 pissed me off because I think they were counting on the success of the first Patapon to kind of pave the way for the digital downloads. Um, I refuse to buy it, but I'm a stubborn bitch. <laughs> I hope that the masses realize what's being done to them. Um, so before I go on to that second paragraph... Well, actually, I know, I know your thoughts on, I was gonna say, on digital downloads. Yeah, I was going to say, but I'm pretty in sure specific, everyone knows yeah. my thoughts now on... on uh digital download distribution and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I would like to say that I disagree with the fact that Sony is leading the charge against the resale of games. Um, they are adding themselves into the fight against, you know, resale of used games and everything. But uh, I, I wouldn't say they're leading the charge. <laughs> well, I do I do remember back when, like, when the PS3 was still either new or still uh, about to be launched, that they were saying about how they how they were trying to get, like some kind of protection for their for their Blu-ray discs so that you couldn't resell your game and have someone else use it. Like, it would be tied to your machine. I do remember that. Like, And they I'm, were the only ones who were even thinking about anything like that. And I would say that they're like, definitely making the best effort in the console space, but if we're talking about, like, the game industry as a whole, like, there are people in the PC space oh, yeah. that it's are been definitely... Out there. Yeah, that have definitely been leading that charge for quite a while. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that that's definitely true. I think, though, if... It, if if looking at a question, I think she's really talking about the console space. But I mean, to me, they're all the same. Because I like PC gaming. I yeah. Don't, I don't care what you all say. Dual analog sucks. Sorry. Uh, that's besides the point. Um, but in this case, with the UMD, with something like a PSP, uh, do you have? Are, are you still thinking like, yeah, bring it on, or or are there are there any caveats to the fact that hey, look, we're trying to phase it out? Well, when okay, I'm gonna. Okay, what, I'm going to mention something that might not make sense to a lot of listeners. I don't know, but uh, when I, in my, f- I think it was in my first episode when I did Game Slaves Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was my very first episode Game I mentioned Game Slaves that- Radio. Sorry. <laughs> I remember, remember mentioning that the only reason that Sony made UMDs in the first place was to push their, like, new proprietary format for mm. movies. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only reason that games came on UNDs in the first mm-hmm. place. They didn't care about games. They cared about trying to sell you movies again. And since that failed, that's why they're just like, what do we do now? Like, we don't right. want these UMDs. Um, so that's the only reason probably they're fading it out, phasing it out is because it's probably uh, not cost effective for them to only make games on UMD. Um, obviously, and uh, digital download is just more cost effective in general. So, like, I don't think it's more, I don't think it's them wanting to be like, 
it, it, it's an added benefit that it that it stops the resale of games. I think it's more just the fact that like these things are no longer cost effective. The UMD movie market failed, so like their only oh, other option rather than go to a fully different like physical media would be to just go digital download. Right. And uh, I am okay with that. <laughs> my thoughts, like I have to agree with her on on some respects in that. Um, Maybe it's not the UMD format that I, you know, will miss, but it is the physical aspect, and not necessarily because I'm a collector of PSP games, but because, like, I'm, uh, you know, I fully support the notion that people should be able to download shit and not have to deal with discs, but I also fully support the notion that people will want to carry stuff around with them because... Maybe some people are still skeptical about online transactions. Maybe some people don't like the fact that if their thing is corrupted, then they have to go through this whole rigmarole. Instead, they have a disc, they can pop it in, and they have it. Whatever the the, the case may be, again, as I've always crowed on this podcast and gotten on my soapbox and been obnoxious about, I'm all about the options. People should have the option to buy a copy if they want to on, on physical media. Um you like if you if you download stuff to a memory stick if it saves wrong and the memory corrupts because that does happen with memory sticks, um, you, things like that. Like I, I mean, which, which is kind of no different than if you were to pop out your DS card in the middle of saving. I, I understand that, but like the whole point is that like the having the option to have the, your your own physical copy that you know you know this is my copy of God of War: Chains of Olympus. I will put it in and that and it's in there. I will now take it out because I don't want to play it anymore, and I don't want to have to keep on buying memory sticks. Um, so w- whatever the case may be. I think that people should still have the option. Uh, I'm not fully ready to go completely digital for my PSP, but I have taken the first step because I did download Final Fantasy VII. Um, I have a question for you, though. Um, Do you know how it works when you download a game from the PlayStation Store to your PSP and you want to delete it to free up space, but then you want to get it again? Uh... No, because I don't have a PSP and I haven't messed around with that stuff. I know when you download stuff on the PS3, there's a um, you have a five like you can re-download that that game. I think I don't know if it's five total or five additional times. Um, but with the PSP, if you're d- downloading it directly to your PSP and then you want to clear up space, you probably um, well you can you can still i'm assuming you can still transfer stuff off the psp so can't you just like uh usb your psp up to like your pc and put the file like put you you probably can um my concern is like oh i want to move this to a new memory card well sony in in an effort to avoid piracy doesn't let you switch games between memory cards so you're kind of screwed like I, that's what i'm saying i don't know what the policy is yeah. i don't know how lenient they are and how how much they let you do with what you want to do so i i just don't know I mean, see, that's the thing is, like, people, I understand people's frustrations with digital download in terms of that, and the only thing I would say is make sure you understand policy before you commit to purchasing something digital, because, like, it's, like, people who complain about the whole iTunes thing, where, like, you know, when you download something to one iTunes, like, that's it, it's linked to that like, computer, you should that have iTunes. known. You should have known what you were walking into. Yeah, like, it's, like, I buy stuff on iTunes knowing full well that, like, that's where it's locked to. Right. Um people who complain about it just didn't take the time to read a policy. So right. uh, as far as your problem goes, I would say that I, I'm i assuming that they have this – since it's all part of the PlayStation Store, I'm assuming – I would assume it's under the same policy of you have like – you know you can down, re-download it up to an additional – I'm going to say minimum four times. Like you get five downloads of the game total. Um, 
and then after that fifth download, you'd have to rebuy it. Right. Uh, so you should be safe to do it at least once. Right. And see, that's the thing. It's like I, I totally agree with you. Buyer beware. But at the same time, when you look at disc-based games, when you look at the games that come in their little boxes and you buy them off the store, you don't have to worry about that. Regardless of whether or not you should be a conscientious, conscientious consumer and know what you're getting into, when you buy a disc copy of a game, most of the time, you don't have to worry about getting into anything because it's so simple. You pop it in and it works, period. And that's why I think that there should still be that option there. As long as there is this option here for people to want to have a simple alternative to knowing download policies and going through all that hassle and then and then going to the EA store and they're saying, Well, you can't download this more than five times and then you have to have you have to pay me five bucks extra to have the to have the privilege of downloading multiple times when you could have bought this on Steam, but oh well I already bought it on the EA store as opposed to I'm just gonna get a box, put it in and it works. We should be yeah. able to have that choice. We'll see, like it is things like that, like what you just said with the EA thing that kind of give it a bad name and make it sound like like a bad solution but uh then there are places like obviously you know like steam that do, do it right. right i mean you can re-download your steam games a bajillion times and it, it you're once oh, it's on yeah. that account it's on that account forever so right. like there are good options right. for digital distribution <laughs> there, no, no, there are there are uh, but but like that still doesn't that still doesn't make up for the fact that Steam is one option, EA is another option. There are a whole bunch of other options. There's Direct Drive. It, it causes customer confusion because we haven't agreed on a single standard yet, and that's why I hope that Steam kind of gets there and like kicks everything else out, not from a monopolistic standpoint, but from a standard standpoint, so that the EA store works like Steam does. Direct Drive works like Steam does. But we're, we're not there yet, and we can't have that these separate entities as the only option. Like You're fine with it. That's fine. I'm not, and a whole bunch of people aren't. And like, the, just to have the option of popping something in and not worrying about policy, it still needs to be there. One day I'll get to the point where I don't want to have all these boxes around because they'll get to the, the to the point where standards are good. But until that day comes, um, like I still want the option. And like you know me, like if you stuck, if you look at my PC gaming library, like my Steam library has eclipsed my hard copy library right now. But there's still like confusion out there, and you know there has to be a there has to be a way back basically, and that's why on that point I agree with her. I uh, she continues her question, which is pretty much the same. She says, "Do you think that this digital download trend can be reversed?" Uh, I don't want it to be reversed. I just want it to be at status quo in terms of having two options. Do you think that in all likelihood, within the next decade, all games are going to be digital download only? Within the uh, next decade, I would yeah. say yes. I would say I think uh, within the next decade that all, like pretty much all major forms of entertainment are going to be digital download only. Because, uh, I mean, I don't think Blu-rays are going to, I mean, DVDs are going to be phased out. Like, that's that's an inevitability. And I don't think Blu-rays are actually going to last a full decade. Um, and Microsoft and, and with, like, the proliferation of, like, things like Netflix streaming and all these, like, digital rental services on the consoles and everything, I think it's going going to happen fairly quickly. See, I, 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 I agree in the, in the respect that I think it's probably going to happen soon. I don't like it. Uh, like, she says, I don't like the idea of not having something tangible for my money. That's, that's, that's a vanity thing that, you know, like Ethan said that before, and I, you know, now I'm starting to agree with him. I, fuck it, I'm still vain. I want that. 
Um, but regardless of that, again, it, it comes down to choice, and it's not the idea of having something tangible that bothers me. It's the idea of choice. We should have that choice to have the disc copy of a movie, of a CD. Like, most of the time when I buy albums now, I still go and get the CD. Because if my computer crashes and everything dies, and like my, something gets wrong with my iTunes account, um, I still have that freaking disc there. And then, of course, you know, people like Sony try to, you know, let you not rip things off your CD, which sucks. You know, I know that. And that's, I don't know, it's all a mess. It's all a mess. Um, but I, See, I just don't want, I don't want that to happen. The thing with, like, I mean, oh, I guess you can do it with games, too. I was going to say, like, I'm just a big proponent of, like, when you do digital distribution, making backups of your files. So, like, um, with, like, for instance, music, I, I back up my entire iTunes library so that if anything were to happen, I definitely still have all those files. Like, I can't. Like I, I'm not screwed because I can't re-download them from iTunes. Um, I actually back up my audio stuff in multiple ways because uh, it's kind of weird. I'll digitally download something and then I'll burn it to a CD. Um, just so I have a physical backup of that. Like sure, of those oh, files. That, that's absolutely smart. Yeah, no, that's fine. But it's just funny because I'm the person who's like, who's I don't want physical media. But you um, still, <laughs> yeah. But I still go and back yeah. up to a CD and then I pile all those CDs into a container somewhere. Um, but. Uh, yeah, like, games definitely need to get better. Like, the whole EA thing about paying extra money to have the protection is dumb. Um, like, any kind of digital distribution service needs to have an easily, like, a way to easily back up your files. Um, I mean, Steam, again, which lets you not only redownload your stuff a million times, also lets you back up your files. So it's like, it gives you, like, all the best options. And, yeah, yeah. once everything, once that becomes a standard for everything, then, like, That'd be great. you know people will probably yeah. be more accepting of it. And I just want to say, as far as uh, the digital download in the next decade thing, uh, what I think whenever and if it actually comes out, when Game On co- comes out, it was live, Game On, on right? Live. On, on Live. Live, that's it. Game yeah. On is uh, something else. Uh, on Live was it. Um, when that actually comes out, that'll be a big tell of whether, like, depending on its success, like, right. if that does really well, then digital download's going to become a lot faster. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I, I'm still hung up on the point where it's like, again, I, I totally agree with you that people should be conscientious about backing their shit up. But my whole point this whole time has been, you used to not really have to worry about that. And now yeah. you do. And that's, like, no matter which way we want to look at it, that's still a downer. That still kind of sucks that, you know, now we have to worry about that. Which, of course, you know, people used to make their own PlayStation backups by burning them because they like to pirate. But that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. Right. Um... But, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, 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 there is something to be said about the fact that, hey, back in the day, I couldn't make a backup if I wanted to, but you, you kind of didn't really need to. So yeah, I'm not saying that everyone needs to be like me and be like, you know, get over their addiction to physical media and be all digital download. I just like it because I'm just lazy and I like being like, huh, what can I just go get without having to leave my house? <laughs> You know what the funniest thing about that is? Is that you say you're lazy, but it does take more maintenance to keep that up. Well, I'm lazy. I'm, I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm just, I just think it's funny in like in a, in, a, in a strange way. It's like I'm like oh, I'm lazy. I just want to buy something off of Steam, and then I buy a whole bunch of stuff off of Steam. And like, oh no, now I have to reinstall Windows. Crap. Okay, I'm gonna sit here and back everything up. Yeah. Oh wait, that was more work. But yeah, no, I, I totally get, I totally get your point, and I think that. I, I don't have a problem with digital distro. I just think that having it go all digital distro is a dangerous thing. Yeah, that's that's my only gripe. Like I want, I want the two to coexist and be happy. 
and then I want GameStop to go under, but that's something else, you know, because, <laughs> you know, I, I want I want a, a nice mom-and-pop trading store where their prices are fair, but that's besides the point again. Um, I'm trying to get employed at GameStop. <laughs> it's okay. Do what you got to do, you know, take their money while you're cursing them behind their backs. It's okay. <laughs> um, the, the last thing she says, what about collectors? Where do they fit into all of this? Well, once it goes all digital, they will be special because they'll actually have physical media. In the year 2060, when people go, what was a disc? Your grandfather can take it out and say, I used to have this. Guess how much money it's worth now? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know the collector market. But, yeah, that's, that's where they See, stand. It's going to suck for them. But, you know, they're also going to have valuable stuff. You can be a collector of digital media. Like, that's what I consider myself to be sometimes. Cause, um, can you sell uh, that, though, but w- without, without breaking the terms of service? No, but, like, a collector. A collector? What you mean? Like actually sell your your yeah. items? Yeah. The but- only reason why the only reason why I say that is because like eventually at some point, sometimes, sometimes a collector will look at their stuff and say, "Huh, I've about reached this point where I can get X amount of dollars for this thing, and it's a huge amount," and then they part with it, or they don't. So, well, that, that's the only reason why I said that. I mean, I don't think a collector should ever go into something thinking about selling in the future because then they're not really a collector. They're, they're just, an investor. Yeah, they're an exactly. Investor. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, but... but like for a collector, I, I, this isn't the best story because like it makes me sound like a filthy pirate, but uh, there was a time in my life where I did uh, download like old school ROMs like NES okay. and SNES and stuff. And um, when uh, when I was into that and stuff, like despite the fact that I wasn't ever going to play all the games and like like let's just take the NES for example like you know a good majority of NES games are completely shit um and i would never find the time to play them all but i would go out and like collect just, all the roms yeah, for it yeah. of course it's different because that when you're just downloading roms it's free but i mean if they do release an entire library of console games like if they were to release all NES games for available for like digital download through the Wii or whatever or wherever they decide to do it like you'd probably the, go and get the ones that you wanted and then keep on going and seeing what else you could collect right right like you could just collect all the files i mean um i think it's dangerous to do stuff like that like like when okay like when 360 first came out and the Xbox Live Arcade started I was all like man I love this this service is awesome I'm going to buy every live arcade game even if I don't <laughs> decide to play it um, and you didn't play anything yeah like um that would have gotten really expensive really quickly plus there's the fact that like at a certain point you have to think to yourself well what's going to happen when the next Xbox comes out right. like am I going to have to hold on yeah. to this you know big clunky easily Hard breakable drive. machine just to play yeah. all those things that I just invested mm-hmm. in at least with the PC and digital download you know that the PC is like it, yeah. not going to go anywhere yep. um it's a little bit scarier on consoles but uh yeah, yeah i mean my point was that like you can still be a collector of digital media if like collecting is your thing I to answer your question, I would say that for me, uh, talking to the people that I talk to, collecting is not so much just about the act of collecting, but it is kind of like it, it, it does kind of cater to vanity, which is not a negative thing. I'm not using that as a negative connotation, but it's like the ability to have stuff lined up physically on a shelf and people can take it out and look at it. You can bring things to other people to show it to them. Um, the having something that you've kept in good condition because that's the type of mentality that you hold. That kind of like, it's kind of like uh, someone who tinkers with their car past what they really need, or someone like me who I don't play that many PC games just due to time. But like I, I, you know, I would, I would definitely trick it out with like a window and shit if I had the time. It's like, what purpose does a window have in your PC? Who cares? Well, I do because I like looking at it, and then I like looking at the games on my shelf. 
when you look at your 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 CD collection in Zune, it's like, all right, I have the disc art there. It's all right, but there's very little tangible to it. It's all about like having something tangible. This is where the tangible comes in. The, the whole vanity thing. It's like having it there. And so when a collector scouts for, oh, the other thing is the rarity effect. When you have digital downloads, nothing is rare anymore unless they do something stupid like purposely make it only available for download on one day, which is retarded because that takes away the whole advantage of digital download. People will still, like, you could you could get Chrono Trigger on DS, but people will still pay, like, a couple of hundred hundreds of dollars for a sealed copy of Chrono Trigger on eBay for the Super Nintendo because that that entity is separate from the DS game Chrono Trigger. This is... Chrono Trigger for the Super Nintendo in a box sealed in a gray cartridge that came out like it was in 1995 or whenever it came out. You know what I mean? So there's there's a very big kind of push for I want to get that specific item. It's not about necessarily the software inside. It's about the item, which to me sometimes gets kind of stupid. But that's, you know, that's a prerogative. So for the collectors, I think that while they will end up with a whole bunch of discs that no one else can have in the future, they will also be basically screwed out of their pastime because they don't have that that kind of obsessive, I want to get this item and I want it pristine and now it's worth like my kidney because I paid my kidney for it. You know what I mean? So like those people will be kind of asked out of getting new stuff to collect. If you're talking about the literal meaning collect... Like you do, that's fine. Yeah, that's they'll, definitely it, where it, we differ. Because I, I, in just... fact, yeah, in fact, it'll be easier because they'll it'll be easier for them to get what they want. But like, I don't think I don't when people call themselves collectors now, like, I don't think they mean just collecting stuff. I think they mean like actively going out and making like um, another friend of our Doctor Fishy Pants. All right, like he has never sold a game to anyone else or back to a GameStop or on eBay because he hoards it all. He wants to have it doesn't matter that he'll be able to get it on digital distribution. He wants to know that he has it, and he can show it off when he wants to. And that's, how he co- that's why he calls himself a collector. So that, that's the way, that's the way it, I've been you know, brought up. Yeah, the bottom to... line for me is that I love digital distribution because I am the type of person that, like, with physical stuff, I, I wish I had never traded in or sold back or got right. rid of all my games right. that I've had over the years. And at least digitally, I can't do that. <laughs> but I think for you and... You know, no offense to collectors, this is just my opinion. For you, it's kind of the more practical approach because you just want the content. Yeah. And I'm kind of that way too, which is why, like, um, like the only things I really hold on to are the things that I'm kind of nostalgic about and I know I want to play again. And guess what? Those are console games and DS games. Um, like, all the... Like, I think I... Um, I think I used to own Wolfenstein 3D and I kind of don't anymore... But I downloaded it off of Steam for the id pack. Yep. And I'm not like, oh man, I wish I had the discs to show off. I'm like, great, I have it. Sold. I'm right. done. <laughs> so like, yeah, kind of like like you, I'm kind of like, I just want the content. But at the same time, I, I do have a little impractical nostalgia in me. So like, sometimes I like keeping things. Like I I, I still haven't sold my my white DS Fat with with Reggie Fizeme's faded out signature because I failed to take care of it, and now all the marker is gone, and the, you only see like a smudge of his signature. I still keep it because it's kind of like, oh, this is, this was the DS that I imported because it was white, aww, and I sold, and somehow I, I managed to part with my original Game Boy Advance. I don't know how, but I managed to part with it without any like ill effects. But I don't want to give up my Game Boy Micro because I'm like, look at it, it looks like a candy bar. <laughs> it's totally useless because I could play GBA games on my DS Lite. 
But oh, look at it. <laughs> it can't play Game Boy Color games. That's why I kept my GBA SP. But look at it. I can change the faceplate. It's stupid. I shouldn't keep it, but it's stupid. But Meanwhile, you got somebody like me who's on like my fourth DS overall. Oh, shit. Why? Because you sold it back and bought it back and sold it back and bought it back? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all good. It just means you like your DSs. But uh, anyway, uh, anything more to say on this? Um, or should we move on to the news? We should te- definitely move on because there is a shitload of news. Okay, moving on to the news. to the news, and uh, we're going to start with corporate buyouts. Its software was bought by ZeniMax, who, if you don't know, also owns Bethesda. Um, I was always under the impression that id Software was one of those companies that would be like, we will never be bought out. We want to keep our own shit. Do you know why they did this? I have no clue why they did this, but I'm like you. I just kind of always thought as, of id as just like, like, like a Valve type of company, you know? Like, we just well, I mean, Valve is you know part of the EA partners, but still, like, like I don't know, it's just those old PC companies, like PC centric companies. I just always thought of as like you know, like I don't know how to say, it, like they're like mainstays. Yeah, they're it's like, like it's like it's tradition. Like, they're like grandfathers of the industry type of thing. Like, right? You know, they're always going to be around, and like I don't know, it, it is kind of weird. They're like blue chips. They're just there. They're they're traditional. They they keep going strong, and then you know. But well, the the reasons are here. Um, I, I'm scrolling down in the Kotaku article. It says, "Why did it sell?" Um, Carmack says, "We're getting kind of tired competing with our own publishers in terms of how our titles will be featured. We've really gotten more IPs than we've been able to take advantage of. Working with other companies hasn't been working out as spectacularly as it could. So the idea of actually becoming a publisher and merging Bethesda and Zenimax on there is ideal. It would be hard to imagine a more complimentary. So I guess what he's saying is he wants to have just a single. He wants to have someone to take care of him. You have to excuse me. My phone is ringing. Okay. Yeah, at uh, the themes. Well, the the it was a theme song to the set, like revision of Doug because I couldn't find the original Doug theme song. Oh, okay, that Doug, um, with the with the sweater vest and shit. Um, yes. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, what were you saying uh, after you 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 were saying that they did stuff? <laughs> yeah. No, I just mean like he's just kind of looking for someone to take care of him. You know what I mean? Like, like we're id. We're not a publishing company. We don't have a distribution center. We make the games, and we contract out to other people to publish it for us. You know what? That's not working out. We keep on having arguments with them. They're doing stuff that we don't want them to do. They, we want to do stuff that they don't want us to do. This is kind of hairy. Let's get bought out by ZeniMax so that this is our publisher, and we're the software, and we have a coexisting relationship, and we know what they want, and they know what we want. You know what I mean? So I guess that's the reason. It's not like ZeniMax is saying, we want to grab your shit and buy you out. It's... It's it's saying, we're tired of messing around with different publishers. We don't want to build a distribution house, but we want the power. So we'll just merge with ZeniMax. And it sounds like you got a text message or a voicemail. It's okay. Read the text. No, don't read it. If it's private. I'd have to get back up to do that, so I'm not going to. But, uh, I mean... (laughs) You have to get back up. Are you lying on your bed? 
No, I'm sitting in my computer chair, but oh, my okay. phone is like oh, you're not far away. reachable from where I am. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I mean, in the end, it sounds like it's like it's not like it was facing any like hardships or anything. It's just that they like were just tired of the uh, of the grind, so to speak. <laughs> right. And it looks like it says the goal is for id to handle all of its own IPs. We can build the pipeline and have a regular pipeline of releases. So basically, it's as if they were to say, you know what? We want to become a publisher. Let's spend a whole bunch of money on a distribution uh, on a, on a fulfillment house and like distribution and like a box label printing company. But instead of spending the money on that, we'll get bought out by one so that they spend the money and we get to use the resources. So, if Zenimax respects their wishes and like they've gotten a nice contract that says we are id we take care of our own shit you are Zenimax, you take care of the publishing but you know this is how we want you to take care of it then good move um and it's funny because john romero was just like oh disgusting Zenimax. oh god he twittered that and then he was like wait no i'm kidding i was just being harsh it's a good thing oh john romero um anything more on this or should we uh talk about another buyout go well, Scorpion now has a Warner Brothers mask on him, as 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 shown by uh, Kotaku's mock-up, because Warner Brothers bought Midway, um, and it's really funny because Al Al pointed out the story because of this one reason that they were bought out, and that's because um, there were no other bids. So basically, basically, it was like this: Hey, uh, we want to put on a bid for Midway. Okay, Midway, hundred and fifty million dollars, or however, uh, thirty-three million dollars going once. Going twice. Anybody? Anybody? Bueller. Hello? Doesn't anybody want Midway? No? Alright, I guess you guys got him. Yay! <laughs> that kind of... That, that, that must be an ego crunch for Midway, but like... Yeah, so Warner Brothers got bought out. Um, what am I saying? Midway got bought out by Warner Brothers. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I need food. Um... Any comments on this, or should we should we talk about the funny fallout from this? Uh, I guess the fallout is funnier, so let's talk about that. The the fallout is that this dude who um, produced the Mortal Kombat movie is now suing Midway in light of this because he claims that mo- the Mortal Kombat uh, IP isn't Midway's to sell, and so Warner Brothers can't have it. So... Why why does the movie maker think that Mortal Kombat is his? I didn't actually read this story. I'm not talking about reading it. Just common sense. Why? Like, I made something, and then I let you create a soundtrack based off of it. And then now you think that you have the rights to it. It, I don't know. That just seems kind of backwards to me. Well, I um, agree completely. That's why I'm trying to find something in the story that but says why here, he I, I, I know why he says it. I just still think it's stupid. This is why he says it. Wow, this is, this is amazing. Okay. In the suit, Threshold contends that its rights to the series run far deeper than simply being able to make MK-based moving pictures. Quote, The Mortal Kombat franchise, as it stands today, is far more a creation of Threshold and Kasanoff, Kasanoff is the guy who's suing, than of Midway. Midway's creative input was almost entirely limited to the video games. On their own, the video games provided only minimal backstory and mythology and only flat stock characters with virtually no character development. 
Threshold was responsible for transforming each of the pattern or stock characters present <clears throat> in the underlying Mortal Kombat video game from an unprotectable idea into a fully realized, completely delineated, and in- independently copyrightable expression. Each such character represents a th- separate, protectable, derivative work for which the copyright is owned by Threshold. Wow. Now tell me something, video gamers out there. When you hear the name Liu Kang, do you think about Robin Shu and how his brother was killed by Shang Tsung, which was in the movie? Or do you think about the fact that he was killed by Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat 5 and came back as a zombie in Mortal Kombat 6? You know what I think about when I hear Liu Kang? I think about bicycle kick. <laughs> yes. Now, did he bicycle kick in the movie? I don't know. Did, did he, he go, a... <laughs> No. Did he become a zombie in the movie? I don't think so. Therefore, if I want to be a nerd and go by canon, the movie, and all that other shit that, the, that, that this Threshold company and Kasanoff put out, is not canon and doesn't mean anything. If I want to say what's a f- what, what Mortal Kombat is, it's the game, <laughs> not this movie that was all right the, with the first time and then really shitty with the second time around. And here's Slunks saying that he was watching Year One again. Do you want to join us for the news? But I mean, that that I don't know that that's kind of ridiculous to me. It's like when okay when you hear um. When he, I'm trying to think of what his role was in the in the live action movie. Um, okay, when you hear Dalsim from Street Fighter, what do you think? Like what? What? Who is Dalsim? Long, stretchy arms and legs. <laughs> uh, okay, that's what I think. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. What I'm saying is, if the movie were the original, were were the real deal. Then we would think Dalsim is an imprisoned scientist enslaved by M. Bison to work on a formula that turned Blanca from a human being into a green guy. That's obviously not the case. Blanca was in a plane crash and somehow turned green. And then got electric powers. That's it. There was no Dalsim scientist. There was no formula. There was no Raul Julia in like his last performance ever, which is a crying shame because, you know, why should he have to, to put up with that as his last movie? No. So, likewise, d- 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 no, guy, go away. You're not going to get any money just because you're going bankrupt. Let me see if there are any other legitimate you reasons. Know, wait, I just want to say, based on my limited knowledge of copyright laws and stuff, um, uh-huh. Midway could technically turn around and countersue uh, this company and this guy now because based on their on their accusation according to what they state right here then in in fact they copyright infringed on Mortal Kombat's properties on Midway's right. properties um so well, did they uh, see I don't know if they necessarily infringed as much as it is just like if they're saying well, that they created their own intellectually copyrighted oh, right, material right, right. they created it and they made money off of Midway's right. copyrighted material then um, because just because they are quote unquote stock characters, they were still creations of Midway, and right, the creation right. itself no, that's is copyrighted. I, we need a lawyer here. I wish I had a lawyer, but like I think it de- Tony, it, it really, Tony. It really depends on what the contract says. But my whole contention comes down to this point: Mortal Kombat is not what you think it is. It's what Midway wants it to be. It's more. It's Midway's property. Right. You guys are just. You guys are just lucky to be able to make your own spinoffs. So don't go there and start to say, you know what, we're going to sue you because, uh, let me see, um, 
okay, it's a bankruptcy proceeding. Not not. I I thought the 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 deck made me think that Larry Kasanoff was going bankrupt and he wanted money. But no, he's just complaining against Midway's bankruptcy proceedings and how they were you know selling stuff at Warner Brothers. But yeah, I'm sorry, but he. I hate legalese. Let's just put it that way. I hate legalese. I bet you there's some like random loophole in there that actually makes this guy right, and that would be so sad. Um, but anyway, uh, moving on. Speaking yes. of movies, the guy from Tygon Studio says Hollywood doesn't understand video games, and the reason why I brought this up is because it's a very he says some very interesting things here. Um, see, that could have been a good segue if I wasn't sarcastic about it. Um, <laughs> he says. Um, well, he, the first thing he's doing is he's complaining about Hollywood, and he's saying that there's certainly no shortage of, guy, of guys that look at games and see them as toys and meaningless bullshit. And now look at the revenue. And for their own survival's sake, they have to care and they have to get involved. So he's basically saying that the, the movie industry has been ignoring games, and now that like games are making so much money, um, they're starting to turn their heads, but they still kind of treat them like shit. Um, he explained that many in Hollywood don't understand the creative process of video games, but some really interesting things will happen in the next decade. He's just wondering about the execution because we don't speak the same language. Oftentimes, people in Hollywood struggle to understand the creative decisions that we make. They don't get why something is more fun than something else. Or why a character would need to be changed completely to work as a video game character. I think that's probably really hard to get unless you play games. I don't know that there's an academic way to understand why Mario is fun. Or what's fun about a raid in World of Warcraft. Or why it's cool to shift people in the neck when you're playing Dark Athena, which he had to say because he's Tycon Studios and yeah. this game. <laughs> I don't know that there's an abstract way of explaining that. But then he says, on the other hand, game developers don't know much about storytelling, Steven said. There's so much, quote, depth and vocabulary involved in filmmaking that we're just completely ignorant of. Try as we might, we're not filmmakers, and those are the collaborations that are the most interesting to me to get some of those people working together to bleed and blend those ideas, I'm sorry, those lines, and get some of the expertise into a game as opposed to an abstract sharing of ideas, which is what we currently do. So what do you think about that? Like... First of all, this whole, like, oh, now we're going to try to cooperate with, you know, storytellers to get our stories better. And then secondly, just, I guess, this whole piece overall of him, like, yelling at Hollywood, I guess. Um, what do I think about it? Uh, I don't know. You go first. Give me a time to formulate an opinion. Okay. Um, I basically look at it like this. I, I know that gamers, uh, game developers think they can't tell a story. But then I kind of look at at, um, at Ken Levine, and then I kind of look at the guys who made uh, Shadow of the Colossus and Eco, and I don't think there's a problem. I really don't. I think that um, there's see there's um, this is something that, and I'm sure you're familiar with this. This is something that Sean Elliott has said for a long time that. The perfect, not the perfect, but like the ideal video game scenario of it evolving as an art is not to ape everything from movies. And that's kind of what he thinks that people like, uh, what's it called? Uh, Kojima do with Metal Gear. They're just throwing in cutscenes and fucking with your head on like a fight club level. But they're throwing in cutscenes and making you watch that stuff. And it's like, that's not where games need to go. I think... Me personally, where games could go in storytelling is stuff like Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, The Last Guardian, those guys, or Ken Levine, or or Half Life. Like, they don't, you know, you know what I mean. You don't need to kind of go go to conventions of storytelling. And what what I fear is that, you know, 
the, the, the traditional movie writers are going to come in and they're going to try to tell a story their way. And even if, uh, try as they might to collaborate, you're going to get into a situation where two very different schools of thought will clash and it just doesn't work that way. Um, I think that Steven Spielberg, like, look at Steven Spielberg, all right? What was his input with Medal of Honor? His input was the, the, the scene setups and, like, the authenticity of the weapons and how to sound engineer. That's all awesome. That's great. If they do that, that's fine. If they limit themselves to that, that's fine. He didn't try to make them, you know, write the story or anything, I don't think. Maybe he did. I don't know. But Steven Spielberg is a different duck because he came up with boom blocks. And that, you know, I give him respect for saying, you know what, I know I'm a movie producer but or a director, but there are different things that I want to do with games. So he didn't just go in and say, let's make boom blocks World War Two and, and give it like a cinematic feel. And he's just like, no, let's, let's do what's good. Let's do what's fun. So that's my... Soapbox, and I'll step down now. Your turn. Okay. So yeah, what? Okay, going off right what you just said uh, with someone like Steven Spielberg, it's a it's kind of a matter of uh, people, certain people understanding the medium that they're working in. Like Spielberg can go from medium to medium because he seems like he's somebody who understands what medium he's working in and how to best use that medium. Um, then you get people like Kojima, like just to bring him back up since you mentioned him, like who has been working in the game industry for so long and has kind of been mired in what he's been doing because like, because his first, you know, his first forays were so successful. He kind of just got stuck in that like rut of just constantly doing that. When as far as I, I, I've heard that he's been wanting to just, he's been wanting to make movies. Um, and he's kind of like, he's, he's a, he's somebody who should be making movies who's stuck in video game development. Um, Mm. and so it's like, to go off to go with what this story is saying is that like you'll have people like from yeah, Hollywood before you, before you go on before you go on that that Lee Alexander Lee Alexander was the one who said that right I was I'm trying to remember because I heard that on the on the bombcast too yes yeah okay. it was it was yeah. her who said that um okay but uh yeah then you'll get people like from Hollywood coming in who will want to make games from the aspect of people who are making movies as opposed from like that's why games like Half-Life like the Shadow Colossus and Eco and games like that work so well because it's great storytellers who understand that they're making a video game and telling a story mm-hmm. with a video game mm-hmm. um, exactly so if somebody like there is the possibility somebody from the movie industry can come in and do that and realize that okay now we're telling a story through a different medium we have to utilize this medium uh, to best tell our story not just try to like force a movie into a video game and to put it in lay terms. Um, and then, uh, like just another example of something like, like that goes into this whole thing is like a good example would be, uh, uh, of the wrong medium would be lost odyssey. Cause like Shane Benhausen always said, uh, something like that is like, it has great stories and stuff, but it's told in the wrong medium. Cause that's like mm-hmm. something where it's like everything in that game is told through text where like it's all like those novellas. Yeah. yeah it's like, that was just an example of a good story being in the wrong medium. So people who are developing things need to understand. And this is something that like, I know as like a novel, like not like novels and book, but like novel as an Im- immature, like writer is that you need to write what, when you come up with a story or something, you need to adapt, you need to make it, that story go into the medium it belongs into, or you need to write for the medium that you're writing for. You need to not just like, you, you can't sit down and say, I'm going to, for example, write a screenplay, write it, and then if that, like, what you wrote is actually better as, like, 
something, some other medium. You can't just be like, no, this is a screenplay. And if, if it's mm-hmm. wh- horrible for that medium, you can't just be stubborn about it. And I think that's a, like what a lot of problems is like with these Hollywood people are going to come in and they're going to be stubborn. They're going to write like Hollywood right. screenplays and be like, no, this is a video game. Make it. Right. Uh, what I think would be ideal is for you know a writer who's who's well trained in his craft to understand what what it means to develop characters, and so what they can do is they can lend their knowledge of that to be like, all right, let's say we're we're creating a game like Oblivion or something similar where things will change depending on what you do. Maybe not Oblivion Fallout, something like. Do uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, some type of game like that, and. Instead of having the writer come in and say, all right, well, you're going to have to write his dialogue tree like this, and then he's going to have to say this. He'd be like, no, this is how you have to think the character is thinking. This is what type of character he is. This is his background. This is where he grew up. This is what he's going to do when given a certain type of situation. And so when you when you write this script for this character, what you're going to need to do is keep in mind these certain things about this character and how he evolves and how he will evolve if you present him with one choice versus another. And so with that knowledge, then the game writer can go in and, ba- and make decisions based on what is this guy going to say if I punch him in the face versus give him a gold coin. You know what I mean? That would be incredible. First, ooh, mm, for, for someone like that to go and work with Molyneux on a Fable game. You know what I mean? Like, get that character development prowess in there. Like, I, and, and I don't know how Fable 2 works so far. Like, I don't know if they're, they're good characters or if they kind of suck. Uh, you, can, you can, you know, attest to that. But, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, the, just that kind of, that's the type of collaboration I think should happen. Um, and, of course, you can get, like, people who are, you know, cinematographers and photographers to be like, all right, this is how you want to set up the scene. And that would be cool. But again, like you, I, I like you said, I don't, I don't want there to be a problem of I'm gonna march in and I'm gonna write this script and you're gonna like it. Yeah, well, I mean, like, like you said, like doing the, the other aspects, like, like having a lighting expert come and saying, okay, like you know, you're making a game that uses static scenes. This is how you'd want them to be lit to, you know, mm-hmm. maximize, mm-hmm. like, you know, the emotion you're trying to get out of that scene or something like that's fine and uh like sound effect studios or things like that like you know trying to get the best possible like sounds out of the games that like that's all fine stuff it's like writing just kind of like you know i think it's a personal note for both of us because like right that's usually where things suffer or like stand out um but uh fable 2 like just to answer your question i mean i haven't played enough of it really to tell if there's any good characters but so far i mean the only character really is you and you kind of develop your character your own way and everything else is kind of just like generic british sounding person <laughs> right um right i mean oh, maybe no, a game farted. like that makes me like you better yeah like maybe a game like fable <laughs> would would be uh would benefit from somebody who knows about character development coming in and being like you know you need some really strong like npcs in here for mm-hmm. the uh, player to at- like attach themselves to, I mean, it's I don't know. It's not that hard to to get someone to like to get a player to uh, feel emotionally connected to a character. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I do it all the time in games that I play, so I understand why some games just like. Uh, I, it seems like harder to me to make a game where it's just like I don't care about any of these characters. But like playing Fable Two, I do feel that way. It's like I care about my character because like I'm creating them. But even right. it's your baby, right? But even not so much in like, um, I don't know. Like 
I don't I wouldn't care if like I made a mistake with my character in something like Fable 2 and like maybe it's because there's nothing else to uh latch onto it's just like this like empty void of a world in terms of like like um emotional response I guess and again that could just be with the way that that particular game is made and the way you interact with that world uh that is its shortcomings cuz you know, I've already expressed my dissatisfaction with the social system in the game, whereas um, farting and everything. Yeah, whereas something like um, I'll just use Fallout Three for an example. Uh, there's not really like, there's not an exact social system, but you kind of the social system is through the dialogue and stuff. And like, uh, there were some like, I mean, that's a game where you create your own character, and like, I felt more attached to my character in Fallout Three. And then as you play the game, you meet like characters that you can feel a certain way about um mm-hmm. like i know some people like okay the the have you played fall 3 i don't remember i have not yet okay well the, early in the game in the first time you go to there's a woman that run like a mechanic woman who you go out and do research projects for well you can or cannot go out and do a research project for and um she kind of from people who have played the game she's kind of been a divisive character where people either think like they actually kind of get attached to her and like want to like help her out with her research project, or they just think, "Wow, she's an annoying bitch, and I don't want to help her." Um, but see, that's like she's a character that you can like kind of feel something about, and uh, I think more, yeah, definitely. Just to wrap all this up, more games can benefit from having knowledge of how to make characters that you can feel one way or the other about. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, definitely, and I, I think. Uh... I, I just hope it goes down the right route if Hollywood people come in. But yeah. Al is Al is in my Gmail chat, and apparently he might be done with his crisis, so he might join us. Maybe. All right. Not well, we guaranteeing got anything. Quite a couple new stories left, and yeah. I gotta be done in about thirty minutes because I set my recording thing for two hours and it's <laughs> an hour and a half. Ha. Ah, okay. But um, how much more? Thirty minutes. Okay. He is hungry, but um. Yeah, it's it's funny that he that he basically brought it out in a way where it's like, oh, gaming is making so much more money now. Now Hollywood has to look. And it's like if you look at it, I think it was what was it in two thousand three or something where it was that first year where where like gaming reached like billions of dollars in revenue and like eclipsed Hollywood. Um, but I always say, a movie is ten dollars to go to watch, depending on where you watch it. A game is ten dollars, twenty dollars, thirty dollars, forty dollars. Hardware is one hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred dollars. And the funny thing is, this is a, this is a, whoa. This ties into our next Wired article, which talks about and and I actually included this for a totally different reason. But it talks about um, ten raw, the top ten raw deals that gamer we as gamers get from like the industry, and it talks about stuff like Xbox three sixties expensive memory, which how much does it cost? He's saying. Um, the uh, uh the forty forty dollars gets you half a gig of memory card for the three sixty. And the hard drive, you know, the hard drive we all know about that. Um shit like GameStop exclusive powers, like I did not know this. In Infamous you could get a superpower by buying it at GameStop. Yeah. It's that's lame. Blades or whatever. Like Wolverine style claw it's, things, yeah. Uh the gigawatt blades of power. And then like the PSP goes two hundred and fifty dollars and like um, all these different things that like basically amount to like yes, this is why the gaming industry makes a lot of money. There's one thing in particular that I that I that made me laugh though was 
when Chrono Trigger came out for DS and they announced it for $40, I immediately flipped my lid. I'm just like, all right, they're obviously making the Square Enix tax. And some of my friends are like, I don't care. I'll pay that much for Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger is great. I'm like, you don't understand. This is a matter of standards and a matter of principle. That fucking game should not be $40 because everything else, you know, it just broke the standards. There's a link on the old game New Price Entry, which talks about Chrono Trigger, that goes to this site called RPG Site with a news article that was taken from June 5th of this year that says that Square Enix Senior Vice President Shinji Hashimoto revealed that the company wasn't very impressed by the sales of Chrono Trigger. Gee, I wonder why. Maybe because you charged $40 for it. When you should be charging 30 or anything. I actually got it for like 25 because it was in a bargain bin in GameStop because no one was buying it. Yep, I saw it there too, and I was thinking about picking it up, but I mean, it's... But that, like, it, in, in that respect, it's not a discount. You're just getting it for normal game price. Right, right. And, and that, to me, speaks volumes. It's just like, when a cult classic doesn't impress you with sales, something is wrong there. Because the DS, there are plenty of kids who would want to buy something that looks like Dragon Ball for their DS, but no, it's $40. I mean, when that game doesn't sell well, uh, <laughs> something's wrong with your pricing policy. So I don't know. Um... But then we have an article that talks about why the PSP Go is priced as it is. And he basically comes out and says it. It's, we want to hit that hardware premium motif. Um, let me see what he says here. All right, this is by Steve Watts on one of it. It says, one point of contention over the coming, upcoming PSP Go has been the price. At $250, some fans have balked and said it's simply too much. MCV interviewed Sony Computer Entertainment of Europe president Andrew House who said that the costly hardware isn't meant to appease retail giants or recoup research and development costs. Quote, those aren't the factors. When you introduce a new piece of hardware, you have the opportunity to say there's a certain premium that is associated with it, and we took that into account. As with all hardware launches, you look at the business model, the cost structure, and necessarily level of profitability, and you use that to set the wholesale price. So basically what he's saying is, we want to make it seem awesomer than it really is, and so we're going to charge more money. Just like how they charge all those sneakers, basketball sneakers, like $150 when they're $50 worth of leather, it's a premium. It's a special price. Yeah, living in the city now, I kind of get I, – I've, I've been exposed to that whole uh, apparently crazy shoe demographic because uh, like – around uh harvard square i think it was last weekend or something uh some apparently some new pair of nikes were coming out and there were people lined up lined up camped out for days in the rain and like crap and stuff waiting for a pair of shoes and i'm like are you fucking insane like i don't even get why people do that for like for uh, for like you know hardware Consoles. stuff like why would somebody do this for a pair of shoes but i don't know there are people that are crazy enough to think that like that that will pay ridiculous prices to be the first to have the uh you know new hotness you know, it, it doesn't even just go down to that, but just shit in general is what sickens me. It's like when 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 people buy name brand clothing, it's only more more money because of the name brand. It's the bullshit that it's made out of higher quality stuff, or that you know it's 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 more like fashionable. A pair of jeans is a fucking pair of jeans. Yeah. Like no, it's not a like a cheap pair of jeans isn't a pair of jeans. I'll give them that, but like I mean. You don't go out and buy $5 jeans, obviously. Like, you spend maybe $50 on a pair of jeans that'll last you a long time. Not, like, 90 or or $100 because it has a name brand label on it. Right. Or, or like, you know, women's shoes or, like, um, uh, uh, shit. I want to say, say basketball jerseys, but those actually aren't that expensive anymore. Um, 
and that's a licensed product, so that's a, that's a different case. But you know what I mean? Like, get, getting the premium of something just because it costs more. And I'm trying to think. Um, iPods, okay? Before iPods decided to drop their price and, like, competitors came out with much more competitive prices, like, people fell for the whole, oh, but it's an Apple. Can it play AUG? No. Can it play lossless? No. Can it play these formats? No. Can it do voice recording? No. Can it do all this stuff? No. But it's an Apple. <laughs> oh... That does make sense. I'll spend three hundred dollars with you now because you're right. It's yeah. an Apple. You know, I never would have bought bullshit. myself an iPod. I only have one because it was given to me as a gift. Right. And I do love it, right. but yeah, like the prices that they sell them for, like I would have never paid that for something for myself. Right. Though now, now the prices are coming down and they're reasonable. Like, so, like now they're fine. Some I, of them, I like can, I can like, live with that. I mean, the new stuff, obviously, like the iPod Touch, is still like ridiculously priced. Like, right. It, cost more than the iPhone and obviously the iPhone it can put cheap because you have to get like a plan with it and stuff. Right. But right. I do not think the i i touch cost like how I think it's like over four hundred dollars or something like that. I think it might for be thirty two for a thirty two gig it's uh, I'll look it up. For thirty two gig I believe it's like four hundred dollars square and that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Um like they, they come out with a whole bunch of like 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 other third party people like come out with a whole bunch of devices that okay they're not a slick or is premium but they're like competitive. They play. They they do different things. And you know, it's not four hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, let me let me see. Buy now. Okay. A uh, thirty-two gigabyte iPod Touch is four hundred dollars. Now, if I go to www dot anything but iPod yeah, that's a that's a URL. Oh, is it really? It yeah. Um. Let's see. There's an entirely touchscreen Sony Walkman. Um, that costs. Oh wow, that's also three hundred, four hundred bucks for thirty-two gigs. That's Sony trying to push their premium. Yeah, see, um, like the only reason that like I would want something like the iPod Touch then is not because of the premium, it's because of the uh, like all the the you know the iPod apps which you can yeah. only get on the iPod. So like yeah. that makes the premium kind of worth it because there's stuff to right. go around it, but um. Not because people say, "Oh, this is a fancier object," so therefore you owe more money. Right, like that's that. Like to get back to the whole PSP Go thing, that's kind of what they are saying: is this is fancier. I mean, it's uh, it does less. Yeah, <laughs> and I I think I've mentioned this in one of my trilobites is that like you know they're gonna release the PSP Go at two fifty, but if you're like you know somebody who actually is interested in it and is smart enough to realize that that is too expensive, it won't take long for that price to come down. Right. I hope so, and 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 like they're gonna c- continue supporting the other PSPs, so that's fine. Yeah, like I'm glad about that. Um, any more on this? Nope. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of the PSP, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown <laughs> Wars is going to come out on PSP. I wouldn't have expected anything different. Um, I'm sure they're gonna, you know, have to hack off the touchscreen stuff, but I'm like, I, I know, listen to your trial, but you don't, you know, it, that doesn't make a difference to you. Yeah, I kind of like. I kind of wish they would re-release the DS one without all that touchscreen stuff. Really? I don't know. I, I don't find, like, well, just, just to talk about that for, like, a split second, I don't find myself having too much of a problem, like, putting, pulling the stylus out and then, like, you know. Oh, you've played you have, it? No, no, not that particular game, but games in general that kind of have you juggling. Yeah. Like, I know that feeling and I can understand the frustration, but I, I guess I've, I've kind of never been bothered much by it. Because I kind of always keep a middle finger on the back of the DS where the stylus is, and it's just like, put, put, bring it back out, put it back in. But like, yeah, I guess that's a divisive thing because some people like a like a seamless, you know, thing. But um, yeah, so it's coming out to PSP, and 
I'm willing to bet that it was mostly uh well nobody fucking bought it on DS. Yeah. So you got to do something. Now that that really sucks. And admittedly, I haven't bought it yet, but I'm not a Grand Theft Auto guy. So it wasn't for me in the first place. I think what would have been a better choice for them to make instead of putting it out on P- I mean, sure go ahead and put it out on PSP, but I think this would make a good like downloadable game like for PSN and Xbox Live Arcade and like, you know, I guess if they could do oh, it on WiiWare, but that's a good um that's a that's a nice um sentiment. Like, WiiWare, that'd be great. I mean, I would totally pay like ten or fifteen bucks to have this on like one of those downloadable things. Like, I would totally buy it on Xbox Live Arcade, and then you know you could throw some rudimentary multiplayer in there or something. That would be cool. Okay, so aside from the whole mishmash of stylus stuff, like as a Grand Theft Auto game, your opinion was positive, right? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I am a Grand Theft Auto fan, always have been. So like, for me, it like was a good mix of old-style GTA with, you know, new-style GTA in terms of, like, old-style being, like, you know, the, the top down top-down things, yeah. With, uh, but, like, they brought it into a more 3D, uh, um, 3D like style isometric. world. Yeah, it, it was isometric, yeah. And, and um, polygonal. The only thing that, the only complaint I would have with the game itself is that, um, I mean, the stories are never really good in any Grand Theft Auto game, so that wasn't a big deal, but, uh, uh-huh. the... The city itself, uh, even though it is basically Liberty City from you know the new from four. GTA Four, it uh, for for some reason okay when you're playing GTA Four, you kind of get used to the layout of the city, and you can kind of I mean you can't like I've never been in one of those people that's able to memorize everything in an open world game like okay this road will take me here blah 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 right. but like you kind of get start recognizing landmarks and getting used to uh certain paths with this one everything all the streets kind of look the same there's nothing that really stands out so you kind of always are just relying on your gps and those little chevron markers on the like game world to kind of direct you to where you need to go um there's not enough verticality for you to say this is a tall building that's a small building i know where i am right now right and like nothing like you know oh there's the like like there's the Central Park or something like obviously that like you know like something the equivalent of Central Park in Liberty City or right whatever. uh but like there was like I never really got anywhere where I was like okay I know where I am I just kind of relied on the arrows to show me where to go right so that's okay. the only real problem I had with the game in itself um but uh yeah I mean I I think it was decent PS uh, D, D, I'm sorry decent GTA game I, I didn't actually finish it or anything I got to eventually get back to it but it really is the controls that are. Like, the only thing that's, like... I'll think to myself, it's like, man, I want to go play GTA. I was like, do I really feel like struggling with the controls? Right. So, so, so that that's actually the next thing I was going to ask you from a per, for a personal... Uh, for my personal knowledge is... I was going to ask about the controls because one of the reasons why I don't necessarily sync or, uh, or synergize with Grand Theft Auto on the consoles is because I never felt that the execution was all that great. Or consoles or PC. Like, I was playing San Andreas on PC... And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. I don't like the way I run around. I don't like these controls feel loose. The targeting. Did you shit play either. San Andreas on PS2? No. Okay, San Andreas on PC. The controls are shit. Like, okay, I I've played both on PC and PS2, and yeah, the PC like even even if you were to use third party applications to try to set like c- correctly configure a control, um, like. I don't know if you were playing with keyboard and mouse or a controller. Keyboard I've tried mouse. PC version with both, and it's just no matter which way you use it, there's never a comfortable level of control. Like 
the PS, that's the good thing about like playing a game like playing like a GTA game on a PS2 or like playing GTA 4 on PS3 is that at least having that dual shock, you know, controller um just feels right for those games. It always has for like me. Uh Okay. Cuz that's what I was going to say cuz it never has for me. Like I play it on the console and I'm just like you know how I feel about dual analog everything. Yeah. Like, if I could have everything mouse and keyboard I would. Right. And so I'm sitting there like waving my gun around and like everything's loose and he's running like a maniac and it's just like all loosey goosey and the frame rate shit and I'm just like you know what? I don't want to play this game. I don't I don't care that it's open world. I just don't want to play it. It's terrible. Like it's not terrible, but I'm just like I was mad. I was like I don't want to play this. And when I finally got on PC I'm like I can kind of dig this because I'm using my mouse, but it still kind of sucks. You know what? I don't want to play this. And I stopped. So I was gonna I was gonna ask that Chinatown Wars, it being a more top down two D ish game, is anything alleviated? Um, well, you don't have to worry about all those like all that navigating the world as a like as a person anymore. I mean, you know, ninety nine percent of the game's gonna be driving and then like uh there are the few shootouts, but it is like the old school shootouts, so it's like the controls are very simple. I mean it's just, I, it's 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 just pretty much. It's up very down left, right. It's very basic. I mean, it, it's not tank controls. Well, your character is movement, it? I believe, is no, it no, is. It's, it's a tank controls. I don't remember because I, I remember, I remember sampling like the very first Grand Theft Auto, and I thought, I thought the guy moved with tank controls. So that yeah, could, the the original so Grand Theft Auto, the they angle. did. I don't remember if this one is uh like you know one to one left left right right or if there was tank right. controls um. But either way, I definitely did not have any problem with the actual controls of the game itself. It was it's just, just the, the stylus. Yeah, stuff. just the cumbersome of having to pull out the stylus for the touchscreen stuff. Right? Can you use your finger, or is it too fine? I for, I wouldn't for try finger. using my. I I refuse to use my fingers on my touchscreen. So why? I I don't know because I'm crazy. <laughs> I think you are crazy, dude. I do it all the. I I use it all the time, but I have a screen protector on it. That's no, what. yeah, I don't have a screen protector on it, and I'm like. I'm super paranoid about scratching up my like touchscreen because like I don't know I'm just I'm crazy, uh, but uh, we should move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Speaking off of the crazy, of the, yeah. Off of the Chinatown Wars of uh, being coming out to PSP, they're saying that holy. Well, this isn't a rumor that Al found. Um, there's a rumor that the holy invasion of privacy, Batman. That we um, what's it called? That that I've been reviewing and that Al's been demoing. Um, might be download only, which speaks to that whole uh, question that Kelly May had. And um, I don't know how to feel about that. And I don't know if I care that much, but I still don't know how to feel about that. Uh, have you even tried the demo after we've, like, reamed the game a new one? Have I tried the demo? Have you? Uh, yeah. Isn't it a PSP-only thing? Oh, that's right. You don't have. I keep on forgetting you don't have a PSP. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I didn't know there was any other way to get it. I would have tried the demo, but no, yeah, if it's PSP I'm only, sorry. then no. I was, I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it like I said, it's it's, remis- it's reminiscent of a tower defense game, so I'm just like, you know what? Hello! Ah! 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 Make him say, uh, uh, <laughs> na na na, na na uh, We were talking about the Holy Invasion downloadable thing. Mm, okay. So, News. what are your since since you're since you're in late, what and and you're the special guest for today. This is Al, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm special today. Great. Yeah. You're better. What uh, What do you think about that? Um, I think that's weird, but 
I also think that that is probably a money-saving move on uh, Sony's part. They don't have to produce UMDs and waste money on it if no one happens to buy it because, of course, it's a niche title. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like that's the type of game that should be a downloadable game and not like a retail product because it doesn't feel like a thirty-buck game to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was also gonna say it should be budget. Right. Um. So here's the thing. Like, I'm playing it, and whenever, um, whenever the monsters capture, uh, my demon and start to bring him back, there's always a pause for the disc to load the music. Really? So he catches him and he goes. Dun, 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 and it starts changing. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Mm. And then when when the when the guy gets killed and and the demon's released, there's also another pause to change the music again. And I'm hoping that it's just my review copy. Uh, well, in the demo, it doesn't do that. Okay, then 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 maybe digital distro is the way to go. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete, do you want to invade Holy Badman's privacy? Whoa. What? I'm sorry. I'm reading the next story. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a sign that we should move on to the next story. Well, the um, next story is kind of crazy and awesome. Is it? Yeah, the, uh, more digital help? distro. Yeah, yes. The days is. of Sega manufacturing hardware are over, but in these days of licensed technology and retro ap- appreciation, Sega hardware still lives on. In this case, with the return of the Nomad, Sega's handheld Genesis, now called the Retro Gen. Huh? Interesting, because I didn't read this before. Um. Mm. It's now called the Retro Gen, and it's being released by hardware company Inex, who also did the whole like N64, SNES, NES pads, use them on your Wii. They had a little adapter. Um, it's a handheld that will not only play official Genesis slash Mega Drive carts, but also, l- hmm, quote, mm-hmm. licensed games that have been downloaded and saved to an SD card using a special development cart. That means buy this quickly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, before it goes off the market. Um, the RetroGen packs in a built-in battery that you can charge via USB uh, and is even a, an improved six-button layout that improves the original console's second improved controller. Okay. Um, $50. I, I think I'm going to buy this. I, I'm going to buy it as quickly as possible. Uh, Pete, I think you should buy it and play with us. Oh, yeah, $50. As long as I have a job, I will definitely be buying that. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Pete's been playing nothing but looking for job. LFJ. Yes. LFJ. LJN from LFJ. I mean, L- whatever. Um, I'm I I am worried about this whole like licensed game thing, because you know that. Well, I mean, first of all, the reason why you said you better snatch it up quick is because people are going to pirate. <laughs> but like, are they are are developers going to like make? new, like, small Genesis games and put them on, like, a download store? That would be great, but I have I would, that, that I would totally do that up, like, if 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 they ported or... I don't know, because I, I know Microsoft would have problems with that to be like, you know what, you put your Genesis games on, on our, you know, Xbox Live Arcade, we don't want you doing the same thing. I, I don't know, but I, I would hope that they have some kind of app store, but they don't say anything about... Let me look. RetroGen Portable. Oh. Address cannot be found. <laughs> okay, but I would like for it to have Wi-Fi maybe, but then it wouldn't be $50 only. Definitely. It'd be, oh, wow, this entire site is down. Yeah, I was trying to look for it. It was like, pew. So I guess, the, I, I, I guess the authorities already. I wonder if this is Sega licensed. Doubt it. Because, no, no, it probably isn't because like the whole Famiclone 
phenomenon came out because the copyright on the NES hardware ran out or something. Or the um, patent. I, I looked at, I'm looking at the original um, article, the, the source, yep. Game Set yep. Watch. This thing also includes a TV out, like the uh, original Nomad. Nice! And, that is um, nice. Let's see, that that special development cart, quote-unquote, <clears throat> is also compatible with the company Sega Genesis clone, the Firebox. So uh, I, it already has a Genesis. Uh, a a Gena clone? Yeah. Yeah. I want them to clone the Sega CD already, damn it. Mm. And also and make, it says... Make that, it all ISO-based. <laughs> um, it says that it doesn't allow a second player to plug in a controller, which is something that you could do with the Nomad. Oh, that stinks. Oh, well. Yeah. But I still will buy it for $50. Are you kidding me? I still have... Uh, I'm looking at my copy of uh, Gunstar Heroes and Vector Man 2, and they want to be played. And no, <laughs> I'm not going to download them because I have them already. Um... But uh, more strange game hardware releases, and this one is just bizarre to me on a whole bunch of levels, not least of which is the name, which sounds perverted. Uh, the iPhone is going to get a controller called the Game Bone Pro. <laughs> Why? Why the heck is it shaped like a bone? It's shaped like a bone, and you can bone with it. I don't understand this, but uh, if you, it, this is from GameSpot. If you go to... Um, if you go to the GameSpot hardware blog, there's a picture of it. It looks like a, it basically looks like a bone shaped, uh, a bone shaped controller that mimics the Gravis gamepad from a long time ago, which is basically just four buttons and two. To, okay, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Does this make any sense to you? No, but Cons- well, considering what it's for, I really can't say because I mean I don't know. I'm all iPhone games are made with the touchscreen in mind. I'm assuming so. Like, why do you need a controller? But I don't play iPhone games because I don't have an iPhone, so I wouldn't know. But I think you're pretty much spot on. That's what that's what puzzles me about this is the market for and, and I don't know what they're thinking, but to me, like, it's like the market of for iPhone gaming isn't. I'm going to play um, God of War: Chains of Olympus, or I'm going to play. Um, I'm looking here Even at my shelf. Jackrabbit. I'm not going to play uh, Sonic Rush on my iPhone. Yes, I know there's Sonic the Hedgehog on the iPhone. I don't want to play that on the iPhone. I'm sorry. And I wouldn't play it with this game Boner Pro. Because it's like... this. Alright, see, they're saying that there's a slot for you to to directly connect it to the iPhone. Yeah. But does that mean that it will sla- latch in so that you could hold the iPhone and the controller at the same time? Um, I'm guessing like, it's a dock, so it's not like a wired connection. So when you hold the game bone, the <laughs> iPhone will probably be coming out of it at the top, so you can look at it. But, but the the, the socket, like the the way I'm looking at it, I think it'll be vertically oriented. And iPhone games yeah. are mostly played horizontally. Yep. And that completely that completely bones the purpose. Ah 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 ah. I feel that. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't understand why it, <clears throat> I think this makes absolutely no sense. It kind of defeats the uh innovation of the iPhone. The other thing is that Sarju brings up a good point. Um he's the one who blogged this, Sarju Shah from GameSpot. He says if one company is making an iPhone controller, 
there are likely others in the wings, because remember, this is, um, is third-party. Which brings us to the issue of controller standards. The Wii has its remote, the PS3, its DualShock. Anyone making a controller for either of these consoles has to at least incorporate the standard button scheme. The iPhone has no such template. Right, like a PC. This makes no sense to me, I'm sorry. It's stupid, and like, frankly, I think it's, just, it's, just a, it's, a, it's, it's a real reach to try to turn the iPhone into a quote-unquote real gaming platform. I don't mean to demean it, but it's not a gaming platform like the PSP I, or the DSR. I mean to demean it. It's an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see the merit in having games on it because it has the hardware prowess to like... Like, I saw my friend he, uh, who, um, who got the 3GS and loaded up Terminator Salvation mm-hmm. graphically... It's fucking amazing. Oh, I can... Un- it I can... looks like a Dreamcast game, but... Mm-hmm. The gameplay was... They had a little touchscreen area on the left for the analog stick wannabe. And a little touchscreen area on the right for the camera since for the camera wannabe. And we've already learned that touchscreen uh, D-pads... Uh, <coughs> Super Mario 64 DS... <coughs> Rayman DS... Don't really work. Right. And people still insist on making console-style games that require a controller and emulate that controller through the iPhone when they really should be making games that are a little bit more innovative for the iPhone. But, yeah, you know, when you're trying to make just, money, yeah. you, you try not to do things too, you know, you know, with that too much innovation because of the fact that people may not catch on. It may not work. They, they should just make a prettier-looking monkey ball thing because that works. It has an accelerometer. That's fine. That's true. I'm all right with that. But, like, a D-pad with the button? What, what the fuck? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Pete loves it, though. Makes no sense at all. Oh, I hate that song. Uh, but Pete's <laughs> fallen asleep, so we're going to move on to this last hilarious story. I find it hilarious. Thanks for finding this, Al. Um, hey. So I'm just going to read it word for word from Kotaku Grammar. Um, it says, Some guy tried to rob a GameStop in East Liberty, Pennsylvania. It's a good thing you moved out of there, Pete, because you're no longer in trouble of getting robbed. <laughs> Um, Pennsylvania, not East Liberty. Despite exceptionally high security, he managed to get into the store easily enough. It was getting out that was the problem. With all kinds of locks and shutters on the front door, back door, and windows, the thief figured he'd break in by crashing through the roof, which he did. Easy as pie. But then he looked around the store. The front door was locked. He couldn't open it. The back door was locked. Mm -mm. He couldn't open it. He was trapped. So he dragged a filing cabinet under the hole in the roof, climbed up on it, and left the way he came in. Empty-handed. Way to go, genius. Just had to read that out there. So, there you go. Um, Pete, when you rob a store next time, make sure that you don't do that. Yeah, man, what the hell? Okay, I'll be sure to tunnel underground. (laughs) Because it's easier to carry stuff under than over. This is true. This is very true. We have all seen Prison Break. Get out. That's fucking douchey. Um, We have reached near the end of our run. Uh, Now... I have a question for you, Pete. Yes. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, facebook.com slash Riven, R-Y-V-V-N. That, that's it. Al! <laughs> you can find me at facebook.com slash XLM2K or XLM2K.blogspot.com. But word has it that you play music with your hair. At that second website. What is that second website? I just said it. Say it again, because I, I missed it. Oh, well, then you should rewind and then hear xlm2k.blogspot.com. xlm2k.blogspot.com. Hopefully we'll find you here on the podcast next week. Yes. Yeah, if nothing happens. Yeah. You will also 
make your life better by going to www.sharkversusoctopus.com. The versus is spelled out. So it's S-H-A-R-K-S-V... No, no, I'm sorry. It's a singular. So shark versus octopus. S-H-A-R-K-V-E-R-S-U-S-O-C-T-O-P-U-S.com. And drfishypants.com because your life will also be worse for not going there. Um, and I believe that's about it. Be sure to email us your comments and questions. Mailbag at trygames.net. It could be spelled either male as in the female male or male as in mailman male. And uh, we are going to be out. So for Pete. Yeah. Peace. Bye. For Al. Not here. Peace. Bye. For Slunks. <laughs> I'm not here. I'm having sex and watching year one. I've been your host, Mr. Trent Austin, and we're gone. Hello. Ah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>